You have just entered the Katie Ma Podcast. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 270 of the Katie Ma Podcast. It is March 19th, 2017, and the, the crew is back together again. You know, it's been, you know, a hodgepodge group, depending on whatever week you've tuned in. People traveling, people away for various reasons, but tonight we reunite under the warm brace of our love for hashtag PC gaming, hashtag gaming, hashtag what else were, were the hashtags in the tweet tonight, uh, Brandon? Hashtag Sorry, PC games. Uh, games. That's specific to oh. the games on the PC and not gaming in general, so you have to make sure that you hit both of those segments separately. Right. Good call. Hashtag yes. keyboard mouse or die. Right. Uh, wait, no, I thought we got rid of the uh, whole die part. Or no, are we still doing no, that? That's fine. So it's, it's, no, it's it's purely for engagement. So you want to make sure that uh, you're hitting all segments. There may be some people who still identify with the full phrase sure. uh, instead of just the acronym. <laughs> who still identify with the full phrase. Very mm-hmm. great word, great wording there. Yeah. I like you that. You want to make sure that like people that still have uh, you know search columns set up for the hashtag for the entire phrase, you want to make sure that they see the tweet. Right. So. No, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, um, but now it's good to good to have Brandon back. I think last week it was uh, Brandon was the only one missing, but other weeks, like I said, it's been kind of hit or miss. But uh, Brandon, how was? Uh, well, would you like to tell us where you were first of all, and then we will? Yeah, well, I mean, you, you, I think you broke well, the secret kind of personal, last week, don't you think? <laughs> oh, not really. No. Well, I just always assume Brandon's traveling for some gaming event most of the time. Which well, yeah, time you told you told everyone last week why I was traveling. I was at PAX. Did I? Have I already forgot? <laughs> oh yeah, it was PAX. I, I really am getting old. That's right. It was PAX. <laughs> how so? How was PAX, Brandon? I guess is what I'm trying to get to here. Uh, PAX was good. It was it was quite cold, uh, mm-hmm. as it typically is in early March in Boston. So uh, that was, but it was kind of fun because it actually snowed while we were there. So probably not fun for people who are used to seeing snow, but you know we were there for the kind of the honeymoon period of the snow before it gets gross. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of falling, and it was nice, but it was very cold. Uh, and yeah, PAX East was great. It was very big. Um, I don't know at this point. I don't know how it compares to West because West feels larger because it like takes over all of downtown Seattle, but East. <laughs> The show floor for East is just massive. Like it's one big, massive show floor, and it takes up so much space now um, in that convention center. So uh, I don't know. It was it was packed pretty much all three days because I think they're no longer selling uh, three day passes. So mm-hmm. like Friday and Sunday were both really busy. Where normally I feel like they're a little bit lighter. Um, well, yeah, that was fun. Uh, That's good. We took you a know, red eye know. there, and you know, I went so to the aquarium. It was fun. I don't really care about any of that, though. I'm glad you had a good time. You know what I want to know is how many Denny's, or is this is this the is this the age old thing? How many, first of all, how many Denny's runs were done totally? Well, so uh, Boston does not really have Denny's uh, like yes. close to their downtown area. I remember last year we had this discussion. Now yeah. that I'm, yeah, now that I'm so so I did not go to Denny's because there was not one in the area. Uh, but we did go one night to IHOP, uh, which was mm-hmm. which was passable. You know, it was okay. acceptable. Um, okay. And also, there's a pretty good diner uh, that's fairly small, uh, but it was really good as well, called uh, South Street Diner, which we went mm-hmm. one night. So I think we made we made two late night trips, and both were both okay. were quite good. That's good. 
Right. I no. I we did. We had this exact discussion. You were saying that it was too. They're basically the closest one. It's not worth. It's a. It's a trek. Oh yeah, it's, it's way out there. So and the IHOP actually wasn't super close either, but it was. It was reasonably close to get to in an Uber, uh, whereas the Denny's is like quite a while away. So, yeah. The, the, the okay. South Street Diner, though, like if you aren't there when it's super busy, like we were, uh, it's mm-hmm. that was actually really good, and that was uh, a little bit closer. So, I can gotcha. recommend that one wholeheartedly. Yeah, I um. Well, anyway, we won't get into people that have listened to this cast for a long time know where we stand on IHOP and Denny's. But like you said, IHOP can be passable if there's no Yeah, yeah. It's I like I, I like both of them and I feel like sometimes people misunderstand that I have some sort of grudge against IHOP. <laughs> that is not the case. It is purely if you have the option to choose, if both are you know, if both are right next to each other, you choose Denny's. Period. Unless you want pancakes, if you're craving pancakes, then go mm-hmm. to the International House of Pancakes, right? That's obvious. Sure. If you were craving sure. anything other than pancakes, you go to Denny's. It's a very simple formula, right? But it's not like if there's a Denny's five miles away and there's an IHOP next door, we're going <laughs> to IHOP. Okay, like I'm still, it's, these are not hard and fast rules. Right. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, Man, you have like such a simple life if that's really what you have to like. I do have a pretty simple life. Yeah, I'm sorry, Brad. I'm talking from health. living in the where is it, Bumblefuck Nowhere? I don't think you're allowed to uh, discuss uh, <laughs> restaurants because I don't think you have any, Bradley. That's what you've told me. Is that true? I, we don't have chains. Oh, know. okay. Oh. <laughs> it's all okay. Oh, you just have your like artisanal diners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Local food. Is it bad though when you said International House of Pancakes? <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, that place sounds nice. I should. I've never heard of that place. What is that? <laughs> No, my God. <laughs> it does sound a lot. Fa- I mean, it does sound a lot fancier. That is true. Yeah, frankly, really I'm, I'm kind of surprised that they don't try and market themselves with the full phrase because it's sort of uh, it's sort of like when you call the when you call a title like the NBA title, when you call it the world championship or something. Yeah. It's like it's not actually the world championship but because you've called it that people start to associate it that way. So if you call yourself the International House of Pancakes, at some point you're just people are going to assume that you've got the authority to say that, even though you don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, IHOP has some some I don't know make it up to do with me at least with my last experience. I was actually yeah Scott and I went to IHOP. It was like a well first it was called uh, an International House of Pancakes Express, I believe. Yeah, it has it was, the express title on all right. It. Yes. it was rough. It was rough. Well, first, our first mistake was going because I guess they close at eleven thirty at night or whatever, um, and they were closed. I mean, it was it was. I was pretty defeated because yeah, we, we had already we we were de- we were dead set on getting some food though, and so oh, our sure. options were limited. And you know, when you're in a certain state of mind, that certain sacrifices must be made. So we, I mean, anybody could have looked in the window of this IHOP Express and seen the dumpster fire that it was. Uh, but what did we do, Brad? We went anyway because we were like, well, where else are we going to go? That's Nothing true. Yeah. Going. So we went another time and I thought <laughs> I ordered, what was it, like a breakfast burrito or something like that? And I, was, I asked the guys when I got my, my plate, does this plate look dirty to you? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they were like, oh, no, it's just probably the way they made it. And then, like, 
after I ate my burrito, they were like, yeah, that, that plate was dirty as fuck, dude. <laughs> that plate was plate. <laughs> yeah. What? I mean, I just didn't want to ruin your food. But like, and you didn't die or anything, so I knew you're gonna be okay. But yeah, that was an awful yeah. looking plate. It was really I think you should. You definitely should have known when you see the word "express" <laughs> yeah, on on a chain that is already pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> like for a sit down restaurant, I don't think of IHOP as a slow option. So, yeah. <laughs> IHOP Express, like, which shortcuts are you taking? <laughs> A lot of them. At least that's what that's what my taste buds told me. And also my asshole afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, oh. we both remember after we got back. Yeah, it, was, it was awful. It was, anyway, it was horrible. Yeah. Spared the details, but one bathroom. Yeah. I don't. I don't think you spared the Jeez. details. I think we got no. a fair amount yeah, of detail. <laughs> no, <it's okay>. uh, <laughs> I could go in. You're the in like side by side stalls. You're like holding hands under the door. It was painful. Playing but, shits. Well, that's good though. Uh, to bring this all back, I'm glad you had a good time at PAX. I'm glad that you know yeah, you, it you was at Denny's. The good thing was uh, there was a that massive snowstorm that hit uh, the next day. Like we basically made it out just in time. They were already, I think, canceling a handful of flights late in the day because there was a bunch of snow that was supposed to hit uh, like early the next morning. So we made it out like honestly just in time. We got in snowed a little bit while we were there, got out, and then it just dumped a whole bunch of snow and shut shut everything down. So mm. we got kind of lucky with the timing, and uh, I think PAX actually tweeted already that next PAX East is going to be in April, uh, which yeah. I think everyone's yeah. like universally happy about. But it was yeah, a good time. Yeah, I can imagine. That's good. That's good. Anything else uh, before we jump into what we've been playing? Um, activities happening to... Any of us other three very interesting people? Katie, Brad, anything to share? I went to Family Video. Did you? Did you really? Well, that's where I you did worked. again. Wait. So what did you have to? What did you have to get? What were you seeking? Well, a rare piece. I was, I was desperately calling to see who had a copy of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Okay. Oh, okay. The closest place that had it because Amazon didn't have it in stock. Uh, I've been waiting for it to come in where I work for like two weeks. It's come out now. It hasn't come in. Uh, I mean, it came in, but it was on the Switch. Like, the, the someone comes in with just one Nintendo Switch game. It's the only Switch game we have at the store. But uh, no, I was playing it on the Wii U. And so 15 miles away. Damn. And so I drive out there. And uh, and actually, I was pleasantly surprised. It was a giant store. It was friendly customer service. Ah. Uh, and if you're a new member at Family Video, you get half off for your first two weeks. So for a five-day rental for Zelda Breath of the Wild, it cost me $4.20. Wow. Or somewhere around there. It was incredible. That's not bad. So Family Video, a very much alive industry. That's what I was just going to say. It still baffles me. I, we've been over this before, and I think it depends on like where, you, where you're located, but that the whole rental thing is so is still so... I mean, it's clearly profitable enough for Family Video to continue to operate. Because obviously there's yeah, like red boxes yeah. and all that other stuff, but to have a brick-and-mortar store still dedicated to that blows my mind. So are you going to ask for a transfer Sorry. to that location, Kitty Zone? <laughs> no. I don't know if I can make that commute. Yeah, it's a little bit. Commute? Uh, commute? Uh, commune, right? commune. <laughs> the, the travel to work becoming part of the commune at family video is that what i'm hearing the commune no i said commute I said, or commute commute anyways commute. Commute. Oh, 
I'll stay in school. Um, oh well, that's good. Wait, so how, how uh, we'll talk, well, okay, we'll save that. But um, so you got it for, you said five days for four something? I think I said $4 and 20 cents of subconsciously thinking 420, but it was like $4 uh, and some change, but uh, yeah, five nights. So yeah, it was a pretty, uh, yeah, pretty good deal. Oh my God. Are you able to, uh, are you able to beat playing? it in five days? Oh, absolutely not. No, okay. I was it just going like to say, that. yeah. So you're going to be spending more than that. So probably like, no, so I can beat it in about five minutes. Wow. Wow. Just wanted to, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no it's a pretty huge game it's pretty uh did no one i was the, just gonna say yeah i didn't know if that was i didn't get the no i totally lo- no, lost I said it i could it. beat it in five minutes oh beat it oh you're peanut i see what you were so i didn't not. get the joke because i didn't that, that was a little long for what i expected of you but yeah Oh, 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 I see. And then you made it fun about his penis length. Guys, we're, wow. I'm getting it tonight. I'm, I'm starting wow. to catch on. I see where we're going. Hallmark uh, uh, okay. episode here. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. Uh, anything, Brad, anything exciting happen to you? Uh, nothing this last week. Just a couple interviews, um, playing games. That's better. Okay. All right. Yeah, we had um, we had a bit of a. They called for eighteen inches, and we got about six inches, at least in this area. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> trust me, though. I was, I was well prepared and lube for eighteen, and <laughs> it was a little disappointing. But um, it, what then ended up happening though is that uh, it froze pretty much instantly, like oh, the next night, and uh, the next day, uh, my girlfriend had to get the car out, and we were we were basically plowed in to the point that. You know what you know you know when you hit like ice with a shovel and it just it feels like concrete and you're like this is this isn't gonna work like mm-hmm. we're fucked I guess maybe some of you guys don't but on the east coast it's a pretty scary feeling so it took we I had uh had to get um one of the guys who uh, does maintenance he helped uh, take my car out basically out of like an ice block for about an hour we worked on it to get it out and he he was cool he went above and beyond but we uh. It was, and it made me want. It was, I was like, why did I move to the East Coast again? And I was like, oh, because most of the time I can just stay inside and I don't, I don't go out anyway. So I'm not doing the commute. Um, and actually, the winters overall haven't been too bad on the East Coast the past couple of years, at least in the area that my my parents live. And even in Pittsburgh, we had a really light winter last year. But um, so that was that was a fun exercise. Um, and then what else? So, I wanted to sh- yeah. Uh, just sorry to get off track here, but so Sham moved up in the area yes. recently mm-hmm. so what was his impression because he's not from philly so no 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 yeah they're they get excited every time snow happens or was called for because they just like to experience the weather because they you know obviously don't you know, really get to experience it much i think for him they didn't end up going any they just basically waited it out for a while uh, a couple days and then they eventually they didn't get as plowed in as we did but no they, they were they, everything that i see from sham and allison is they're digging it they like they they want any kind of weather that is cool. different from what they're used to, yeah. So, which is cool. It's good. it's nice to have some. And I don't actually mind the snow in general. I just, like I said, it would be a lot different, I guess, if I was commuting somewhere every day. Um, yeah, if it, so if it keeps not you having to do that, it's something that you need to do. Like, exactly. Like, like most yeah. of the time, it's just like whatever. I'll just wait, or I don't need to get get out right now. But um, yeah. So so that and then this uh, today, um, I actually went on a little bit of a nostalgia trip with uh, with my girlfriend. We went about 
about an hour, a little less than an hour and a half. Uh, I grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and uh, some of you may know Millersville University um, in Lancaster. And I actually grew up in like that college town for, well, until I was 12. And so we went back and like, you know, I don't know if you guys have this experience with going back to like places that you grew up as a kid. And in your mind, like you have the whole town mapped out and whatever else. And this is like a real like kind of uh-huh. quaint little country town, I guess, because, you know, cornfields and all that kind of stuff. Like you pretty much have town center and then you pretty much have, um, you know, Amish buggies and stuff everywhere. Like it's 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 kind of a quaint area. But in my mind, yeah, I was like, I'm going to go back. Quite and quaint, I would say if it, you have Amish buggies, you do, you around. do. <laughs> They're, they're everywhere. And people, I, I blended right in, of course, with my beard. Like, yeah. people didn't even look twice. But Well, and your, your stiff and starts your to button-down shirt as well, I'm of, sure. Of course. Yeah, I went. They were actually trying, at one point, they were trying to herd me into one of the buggies. And I was like, guys, I'm not with you, I'm not with you guys. I'm doing my own thing. They were like, no, no, you come you come home, uh, Amos. And I'm like, my name's not Amos. But anyway, um, started speaking Pennsylvania Dutch. It was weird. Maybe I am. But anyway, all that to say... Uh, it was definitely a weird experience going back because I haven't been back to that to that town for, I don't know, probably 15 years. So it was just interesting to see. Like I knew I still knew how to navigate everywhere, but it, it had changed a ton. So like my old childhood home, uh, basically the university has bought up all the land that like uh, a lot of the town used to have. So even like the house that I used to live in has basically become student housing. And anyway, it was a weird, it, it, you know, I guess I'm going to be turning 30 this year. And so I have all these things that like, <laughs> my life's not over, but I'm doing these things, little checklists, like, oh, it'd be cool to go back and, and see that kind of stuff. And uh, it was, it was neat. And it was a little, it was a little surreal though, too. And it also made me realize how old I am. So um, I'm trying to think like, the other thing that was interesting was, um, I know now for you guys, uh, I don't think any of you guys have Sheets or Wawa, but uh, we have like Sheets, Wawa, Turkey Hill, and like Speedway, uh, at least on the East Coast, as far as like gas station things. And Wawa and Sheets are the ones that have like full food service. We've talked about this before. I know where you guys are from. They don't have those. But I was very interested to see uh, Wawa is like an East Coast thing. And I was interested to see if um, Lancaster and, and the Millersville area had gotten a had gotten Wawa's. And they do. But then once we got into the Millersville Town Center, what did I find? I found a giant Sheets. A giant sheets, which is surprising because sheets are mostly out uh, by the Pittsburgh, um, by the Pittsburgh area, and further out. Uh-huh. And uh, it was very. I'm a, I'm a Wawa guy. I don't I don't dislike sheets. I'll still go to sheets and stuff. Uh, having gone to Pittsburgh, sheets I have some fondness for. But I'm definitely a Wawa guy. And so it was. A li- I almost felt a little bit betrayed because my hometown. I would think they would they would grab a Wawa. I mean, there was 15 minutes away. There was a Wawa, but no sheets, man, moving in into Millersville territory. So. Um, I know some people in chat will be happy because they're very sheets loyal and uh, I was a little bit uh, disheartened. So definitely a, a trip that had a lot of complex emotions. Saw my old elementary school. I went to, believe it or not, I went to a Mennonite elementary school growing up. So that's still there. Uh, my I old dentist, it, like it was fact. just, I was just checking off the list. Sorry. Would you say Brandon? I said, I do believe it. In fact. Yes. And I just, I went to, I literally just was like driving around. My girlfriend was she was very uh she was very nice to go with me cuz I was just like all right let's take a picture of this and I was like what am I going to do with these pictures nothing <laughs> really I don't know why I'm even taking them but um anyway so it was it was cool the town's changed a lot uh but it's a, it was it's always uh it's nice cuz it was only like an hour and a half drive so you could do like a day trip and come back and have you guys ever done anything like that like or I mean are you guys still sure. are your parents in your family house still like, do you guys have any experiences like going back to places that you felt? The one thing I was going to say is that in my mind, especially as a kid, obviously this is just a thing growing up, but you're like, 
everything seems so much bigger. And then you go back now and I'm like, wow, I used to think, I mean, this was before I drove. I'd be like, I'd ride my bike. That would take so long to get out to that store. And I'm like, oh, this is a, a quarter mile. <laughs> and the town, the <laughs> yeah. entire like town square is like, it's like maybe two square miles for everything. Um, so anyway, that was a little bit of a trip. I was like, this is a little Bodunk town. Not as big as I remember. You should have taken a road trip uh, to Boston. Yeah, not, that's not true. Not that much that's further. True. I've only been I've only been to Boston once, and it was for a PAX like five or six years ago. And I was like, I will never drive in this town again. I will never drive in Boston again. <laughs> that so I, 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 that I, I don't go. blame you for actually. Yeah, that I could go. I would probably you just, just fly. drive to the outskirts of Boston and then <laughs> leave true. your car there and get an Uber. <laughs> I think I will Uber into the city. I think I will because that was that was a very traumatic experience. And I mean, I drive pretty aggressive. I'm an East Coast uh, driver. Philly drivers are aggressive. Obviously, New York, all those areas, but Boston. They do not have it. You do not. You slow down, dude. If you show any hesitation on those goddamn brick roads, they're just behind. What you? What are you doing? Like, we, oh, had, uh, we had we had one of one of the drivers there because obviously the whole time we're there, it's very cold, and so normally we'd walk. You know, you can. You can, there's some stuff in walking distance, but because it was so cold and windy, we didn't really want to walk anywhere. So we took a lot of uh, Ubers and Lyfts to get around, and one of the drivers we had there. So we're leaving. Uh, I'll try and paint the picture. Like we're we're leaving the hotel, which is near the convention center, and they have they have it to where you can only make a right turn out of that uh, like out of the the parking lot area. So they force you to take a right turn to keep traffic going. Right, it's outside the past convention center. There's a lot of people, so they basically have cops directing traffic, and so they have cones and stuff up. And like clearly, you're only supposed to turn right. Our Uber driver goes around the cones. He's like, oh, I wonder, like maybe I could go. You think I can't go left here? And he just like goes around the cones, uh, <laughs> turns left, Jesus. and turns like basically gets stuck in the middle of the intersection because again the cops are directing traffic, so like no one's paying attention to the lights. It's the cops that are doing everything. So there's a whole bunch of people crossing the street, and he's just stuck out in the intersection. And you see that like the cop that's doing the directing, he looks at this guy, and he is he is upset. <laughs> he's like very upset. <laughs> And he looks at him, and he continues directing traffic, and then, like, sort of 15 seconds later, when, when everyone's crossed, he walks over, and he's like, like, did you just turn out of the, the hotel there? Like, you, you see that you can only turn right. And our, and our driver's playing so dumb. Right, like he knows exactly what he did. Yeah, what he did. I was just like, um, "How did you think um, you were going to get away with this?" There's like three cops in this intersection directing traffic. Good lord! And so he just plays. Oh, he just plays dumb. Yeah, and like to the get cop, because obviously the cop either like probably doesn't even have you know ticket writing ability on him. He's just directing traffic. Right. And he's just like, just get like get out of here. But this, I was like, "What are you doing? You drive. Yeah, you drive for a living. Like, how if you if you get tickets, how do you continue driving for a living if you're constantly getting tickets?" Yeah. And I think afterward, he mentioned he'd gotten a couple of tickets before, and I was like, "Man, that's you're really living on the edge if you drive for Uber and and like you're getting tickets. Like, if your dri- if your license gets taken away at some point, there goes your your whole driving career. Yeah, exactly." Man. But yeah, just Boston in general, like even even before the drivers themselves, the roads make no sense. So there's a whole bunch of one way streets and then you turn into like a T intersection where you you then like the road just ends. Oh, man, I could not drive in Boston. Um, mm. Yeah, it's been 
Yeah, it was it was really rough, and it was I I didn't really know what I was getting into, so I think it kind of scarred me. But no, I actually liked a lot of the other aspects of Boston. I really I really did like it. Just it's a neat it's a neat city. I would love cool, to go. I would cool actually town, love to yeah. go there sometime and do some of the like sightseeing because there's so much historical stuff there. Yeah, and I've never yeah. really done a whole lot of that stuff. But uh, I don't think I would have done that this time because it was so cold. But maybe next time. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about what we've been playing this week. And um, Katie Zen, obviously, you shared your story about going to Family Video and grabbing the yes. Zelda game. Talk to me about it. Is it every, is it everything you dreamed? Is it everything all these people won't shut the fuck up about? About it's got <laughs> seven on Metacritic. Uh, is it that good? Yeah, it's insane on Metacritic. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not really that far in it. I only really got a chance to play it for maybe an hour or two. I haven't really left the like initial like area it's it's kind of frustrating the way that it kind of well i mean i wouldn't say it's like too frustrating but they really kind of restrict you from really exploring at the very beginning i mean it really does open you up but uh, i'm still in what people could consider like the tutorial i guess so you haven't uh, played enough to really give to get a, a picture no not just really a solid opinion but i feel like what needs to be said that not a lot of people are saying this the game runs like shit like, I'm playing it on the Wii U. It runs, like, absolute dog shit. Like, constant drops when nothing's happening to 20 FPS. The shadows look like garbage. Like, there's, an- there's like, no anti-aliasing anywhere. I mean, it's not a bad-looking game, but performance-wise, it's just... I hate to say it like this, but maybe you should buy a fucking Switch, you cheapo. Oh, maybe I should if they didn't also drop the 20 FPS on the Switch. Oh, yeah. shit, okay. That's the I'm thing. I'm trying it to be devil's advocate here. Yeah. <laughs> no, it it drops the 20 on the Switch also, and oddly enough, it dro- like both systems drop the 20 in different places is what I've seen in like testing. Like They both... Yeah. like when you turn the camera a certain way, I think it has to do with like what, what assets are on the screen. But uh, mm. from what I've seen, the only really, the only real way you can play breath of the wild right now for a, a smooth experience. If you play it on the switch in portable mode, when it drops down to 720 P mm-hmm. you've got a pretty much constant 30 FPS, which That's I, what mean, I heard that like, that was the only way that, that people hmm. were able to get a smoother frame rate is just playing. Yeah. Yeah. Which I yes, feel like is pretty damning for a brand new system. Exactly. Yeah. It just it feels pretty. I mean, I, I've I've seen the Wii U do like better stuff than this. I mean, I should say the load times are excellent from what I've played. Uh, just the when you look around in that game, you see you see just the sheer scope of the world, and I mean the draw distance for like uh like I mean like objects and artifacts aren't really that great, but just yeah. seeing the entire massive world around you it really like this is a, really one of the only games i've played in a long time that's given that feeling of oh i if i see this i can go there like other games would be like oh but not those mountains oh but not that you know what i mean and um like you'll look through like the binoculars or something and you'll look at like one of the mountains far off in the distance and you'll see like a lizard or something crawling along the side of it just thinking what the fuck is that or you'll see like an airship flying miles and miles away so i mean in that aspect it's really cool and uh i mean i really can't say too much about you know the gameplay or the story or anything yet i mean there's it's really just different from other zelda games it's there's no naming your character there's no file select or anything like that link is called link by name there's voice acting in english for the first time which uh is pretty odd, 
but um, I'm sure there are going to be a ton more things that surprise me in that game. So I'll I'll definitely have more to report uh, next week, I guess. But okay, uh, I mean, you better. That life. time's ticking on your rental. I was just going to yeah. say, when did you get the game? You've only how how many days have you had the game for? Well, this is the day I've got it, so that's oh, why okay. I've only played so little of it. Oh, okay, so you just but, got, I mean, okay. I thought you were letting the time tick away. I was like, oh, I wouldn't. Oh uh, no. The beautiful thing about family video is that you can re-rent over the phone. So I can just have oh. another $4 charge and just keep it going. So That is some innovation right there. That's why they're staying relevant, yeah. dude. You, think wow. about, you can actually chat on the phone. and You can uh, literally do... just call them, and they will extend your rental over the phone? Yes. Next level. Wow. Well, I mean, you'd have to pay over the phone, but it's just not – what other company makes those strides yeah. that Family Video does? That's true. Don't answer None, because they're the only company I really know of that are still doing <laughs> rentals and brick and mortar. So you're right. Absolutely. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. We'll take a week. Yeah. Okay. So, right. yeah, other than that, um, I'm playing something probably no one cares about, uh, Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon on the 3DS, which is, that a real is game? kind of enough. That is a real, a real <laughs> game. Yes. And yeah, I've been playing it for a bit, and I'm enjoying it far more than Pokemon Sun or Moon. Honestly, that game is uh, it's if you're not familiar, it's basically like a, a dungeon crawling RPG where you play as the Pokemon, and you're in like a world with no humans, and all the characters are Pokemon, which is kind of cool if you're a fan because you like the like the tropey characters are just the Pokemon that you would imagine would be those, and a lot of it plays into like the lore you'd see in like a Pokédex entry for like the Pokemon. But uh, yeah, it's just it's a fun game. I fu- like honestly, like just the exploration and the gameplay, and uh, it's just I honestly am, am enjoying it a lot more than Sun and Moon, which is pretty. Uh, it's just more than you know the simple, <laughs> slow turn-based fighting. It's pretty. It's it's difficult, is what I'm really liking about it. Not like the other mystery dungeon game, but um, yeah. So that's good. Other than that, Rocket League as always, but. Um, I think that's it. I I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like there's another big thing. Let me see. Dark Souls 3. I'm trying to get ready for the DLC. Mm. And uh, mm. I think I talked about near enough already. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's all I played this week. I feel like you're keeping up with a pretty varied gaming diet here. Even so. even going yeah, out of your yeah. way and, and renting games. <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Renting video games is probably the equivalent of like Blue Apron. No. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know about that. In some broad analogy, you can find a way to link them. Together. I mean, it's sort of, if you were, if you were, if renting games was a subscription service where they just gave you a game uh, every so often <laughs> and were like, here, play this, then yes, that would be closer to mm-hmm. Blue Apron. I guess. Uh, That'd I be guess more like they give you the ingredients to make a game that you could play, and then oh yeah, oh right, yeah, you, yeah. You, so they're like, hey, here's a disc, here's a CD, here's a, a book on programming language, and here's some assets. <laughs> Put them together, just, and then just have the fun. RPG Maker every month. Oh my god, there's oh. an idea, dude. <laughs> oh man, Gaming Blue Apron. They need to branch out. Oh, that would be sick. Oh my god. But yeah, that's all for me. Okay. All right, Bradley. What about you? What have you been playing? Um, a lot of H one, mm-hmm. a lot of Rust, of course. Um, mm-hmm. and then the Player Unknown's uh, Battlegrounds. Yeah, and then which Brandon and I actually played a little today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, what else? 
I think that's kind of it. Um, oh, Overwatch, of course. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it for me. Uh, I've been liking Battlegrounds quite a bit, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't what do know. you like about it? Yeah, I like H1. Yeah, so it's it's basically, I think, just... I think it's where H1 should have been. Like, honestly, I think... I think uh, the engine still needs some polishing, but I, I like the fact that you can mod your guns instead of having to rely on, like, a crafting system to kind of put you, mm-hmm. like, at an advantage over other people. Um, I like the, like, how you deploy into the map. You get to choose rather than, like, randomly be, like, thrown into a map sprinkled all over the place kind of stuff. Um, yep. Hold on, I, I'm I'm guessing a lot of people probably know what Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is, but if they don't, we should maybe back up a second and explain that it yeah, is a right. it is a new so, survival kind of King of the Hill game uh, yeah. that's coming out actually this week in early access, but it's in closed beta right now. Right, and so basically, somebody from somebody that made this concept, like from what I understand, was working on H1Z1. Yeah. And then went off to make his own game, which is now Player Unknown's uh, uh, Battlegrounds. And so, the graphics engine is good. It's uh, gunplay feels great. Um, it just it just needs a little polishing, I think. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like my connectivity is not much better than it would be in like H one, but I feel like my my shots are actually reg- registering. <laughs> Yeah. Like I, I, I get that satisfaction. I get that, I get that um, confirmation. I feel like a lot better in this game than I do in each one, um, which is great on its own because I feel like I'm cheated out of a lot of plays in H one just based off like the hit registration system. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I like it. I like it. That's 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 about it though. Yeah. Um just since we're on this topic now and we're going to switch to Brandon too, cause he's going to talk about it. I, I played a decent amount too. Um, yeah, this in the, in the, the round of the closed beta three that they're doing here, which I think ends tomorrow, like three, they added uh, squad play for up to four people, which was, which was cool. Um, and there's just a lot of things, like you said, you feel like this is where there are a lot of differences between the games though, because H1 is a way more arcadey, faster game. I think yeah, than, that was uh, the biggest thing is. I noticed playing it is H1Z1. Yeah has an arcadey feel that this game does not. Right. And let me let me correct myself here. Uh it's actually it was the guy that started the Arma mod that did the uh, mm-hmm. King of the Hill. And then somebody in chat said that um he licensed it to H1Z1. Mm-hmm. Now he's creating his own game with that license. That so, sounds right. Okay. Um which which the player unknown title I think was from like I remember hearing that from the Arma scene, so um, so that makes a lot more sense. But yeah, um, I don't know. Did you play the update, Scott, or were you mm-hmm. pre-update? So so did you play it much? Or yeah, I mean, I played a decent amount. I, I I played so I didn't play the very first time it was out, but I played the the second phase of the beta and the third one. Um, performance actually seemed better in the third phase overall uh, for me, and I I think. I agree with a lot of what you said. One of the huge things when it comes to squad stuff is that there's a fucking spectator client when you die. And that oh, is it's huge. That is massive. Like people uh <laughs> like 
even though the game's not perfect and there's a lot of things that still need to be worked on, just having that alone, like, so when you die early, you can at least still be helpful to your teammates. You can, you don't mm-hmm. have to feel like you have to tab out and just fuck off until, um, you know, it's over. In an H1, obviously. Well, it's have, such a mood in H1 when, like, you're squatted up with four other people and then, like, somebody yeah. dies. And it's like, okay, so should everyone back out now? Or should we play it out? And then that one guy just, like, sits and twiddles his thumbs? Or, like, what are we doing exactly. here when... When, like, adding a spectator mode, at least people can still stay in the moment, you know, be a part of the team. Um, so there, there's somewhat entertained. There's some pretty diehard H1Z1 uh, players in my chat, and some of whom we don't even want to play Battlegrounds because I don't know why. But uh, their hope is that this will force H1Z1 to finally get their act together and release some of this stuff, like put a spectator mm-hmm. client in the fucking game uh, and fix some of the other issues instead of just releasing crates. I mean, not that they don't work on the game, but you know, you know the meme that it's like, well, if it's not, uh, you know, microtransaction related, they're not really going to give a fuck, but th- th- it does a lot of really good things. Uh, I think there's a lot of really good things about this. It's a slower pace though. People definitely play way more careful. People tend to, people you have to wait you, and you have to, yeah, people will wait like, Games do not just like, I feel like in H1, you'll load a game up and you'll be down to like 30 or 20 people before you even realize it. Sometimes people wipe so quick, depending on where you land, they take engagements in this game. It's way more tactical and it can be a little bit frustrating. Like we had a couple games. I played a couple squad games today with, with some people and we would get in, we would get geared up and then like (laughs) we would go somewhere and we got killed multiple times by people just sitting inside of a uh, building like which basically like camped us from like a mile out until we came out and there was like people in a room with a shotgun when we came up and just and again that's how you can play but that kind of camping gameplay style it's a little bit slower so a lot of people that I, i'm getting the vibe that a lot of people that like h1 and like the speed of it and the aggression that a lot of people play and i'm talking about in squad base i mean i know in solos and h1 you can get camped like regardless and people oh still yeah do. so mm-hmm. But it is a different kind of game, and the pace is a little different. But I think there's, like you said, the gunplay is fantastic in that game, uh, and that's that's a huge part of it. It's just so, so unforgiving. Where yeah. like I was playing with Brandon earlier today, and it was just uh, I was spectating Brandon, and it it's just like in H one, if you're getting shot, you can you can kind of like retaliate. You you can, you have time to think and and fight back. You get a sense of direction where they're coming from and stuff like that, or like. I feel like in player unknowns battleground I, there's none of that. I feel like battleground you're just like if you're getting shot you're either screwed or like you're close enough to cover that you have to give yourself time to figure out where they're coming from and analyze what where what you can do and things like that. It's just so much so much more strategy involved and uh yeah the pace is different. I don't know. It is. It is. And like, like you said about the attachments, like the gear, there's no crafting in this game. Uh, even the way that like you find different levels of gear, uh, different helmets, like if you, and if you find a four times a four X scope or an eight X scope uh, to put on a rifle, that's a huge advantage in this. I mean, just instantly you're like, okay. Um, so yeah, I think there's, I think it's going to be a real content. I don't think it's going to like wipe out the, uh, like some people are like, Oh, this is the H1Z1 killer. I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it's going to force H1Z1. I would hope to, to really, cause, cause, um, this game is like to play this game in its current state and and be able to have fun with it and look at a lot of things that it's doing that the other, you know, king of <laughs> king of the hill, king of the kill game, the only other one out there, which is H one, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a ma- an absolute contender. Some people it is for thirty dollars. 
I don't know. That that is like I would probably be yeah. comfortable. I don't know if I can justify spending thirty on it, but we'll see. I, I'm interested to see where they go with it. But I I agree. I'm glad I'm glad you liked it too. I, overall, I I do. I enjoyed what I played, even though it was frustrating. Like I, I, I definitely got frustrated at certain times, but then I would have a good couple rounds and you know, that formula, that's what makes that formula so potent. You're like trying to chase that dragon, <laughs> get back. Yeah. Like I can do it. I can get another six kills or seven kills. I think, uh, I, I, I mean, it's definitely not going to kill H1Z1, but I do think that no. uh, just based off what I've played so far, it does highlight some of the flaws in like in what H1Z1 offers. <clears throat> and, yeah. uh, and I think that, the game does feel different enough that uh h1z1 will appeal to the people that like that more arcadey feel but uh from what i've played so far i like this feel better because like you mentioned there is maybe some more camping there's like a little bit more the the pace is a little bit slower but that's sort of what i didn't love about h1z1 is because uh like it feel it felt like I would die uh, because someone was jumping around and would shotgun me or something, uh, and that didn't feel that didn't feel great for this type of game. It is like the survival game uh, where you're trying to be the last man standing. When it comes down to like who can peek around a tree, you know, and like knows the knows the exact way that H1Z1 fit, works when it comes to like shooting around a tree or driving a jeep and then getting out immediately. Like I just feel like Battlegrounds is uh is less forgiving in some good ways. Like for instance today, uh we were in we were in a car and I forgot that you can't get out when the car is moving moving or the car will oh, yeah. run over you. And so uh, I got yeah, out I got out when it was moving too quickly and it ran over me and we lost the round <laughs> yeah. because of that. And I was like, you know what, that was dumb, but also I, I kinda like that because I can't you can't just get out of a car when it's going twenty miles an hour. Like that doesn't work in real life. Um, and I was playing with, uh, I was playing with someone after, uh, after me and Brad were done and, uh, and so I had died, he was still alive and we're going, he was like going up, going up a hill, trying to get into the zone before the, before it closed in on him. And he, he mm-hmm. like basically crouched behind a tree, thought he was okay and got sniped by a, by a KAR one shot headshot from someone who was clearly mm-hmm who was clearly scoping him out the whole time. Right. And like you're saying, Scott, it's, it's just, if you find, if you find good gear and then you find a good spot where you're basically in a building and the the ring is kind of closing around where you are, you have a massive advantage because you can basically sit there quietly and line up like one or two good shots. And that's all it takes. Um, Exactly. And so like there, a couple of times that I died, you know, I did not even see the person who killed me. Because it was just like you don't have time to react if that person has a beat on you. So, oh yeah. Um, so I, I enjoyed playing it, and I think the small there were the small things really made a difference to me. Being able to choose where yeah. you parachute out is huge. I honestly don't know why H one Z one doesn't do that because I enjoyed that way more. It's like even if I'm dying at the very beginning of every round, I can make that different choice next time, yep. and then yeah. I, I get a different experience. So like yeah. I get to learn the map more quickly. It just is just overall more fun when that piece of the the randomness is in my hands. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's uh, it's in a a pretty impressive place for being a closed beta that's just now going into early access. I think uh, like we've talked about, I think H1Z1 has um, has a fire under them, given that I. 
like H1Z1 still feels pretty buggy in some spots. And I don't think Battlegrounds has that far to catch up to be a competent product by comparison. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. That's a good that's a good way to, to say it. Yeah. For like for the state that it's in now, obviously it's gonna be going to early access and whatever. The bones of it are already very playable and very fun. And 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 not in the sense like again, I, I didn't play H one Z one at the very beginning and all that stuff. Like I'm kind of late to it, but I know kind of the how rough that game was and continues to be in certain instances right you can you can it can be fun at times and stuff but it still has so many problems so for this to be starting from from you know such a strong point you would assume they're only going to continue to improve it so definitely uh and it's good right competition is good you would hope for both you know for h1 yeah spec client let's get let's get better hit registration or better servers or whatever it needs to be to 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 stay competitive and stuff like that and again they're not it's not the same game, but they definitely are trying to exist in the same space. And so, <laughs> so let me ask you guys, are you going to drop 30 bucks? in it? Mm. I mean, probably, I think like 30 bucks, assuming the game plays, uh, you know, gets better over time. I don't know that I dropped 30 bucks on the product, the, the closed beta product I've played so far, but I think 30 bucks is, is reasonable for, um, you know, for a game that has pretty much infinite replayability like that. I look at it the same way I do as like a Rocket League something where not not in terms of polish, but just like in terms of replayability. Like yeah. if you like that type of game, then you're gonna get as many hours as you can stomach out of the game. Sure. Because you know, because yep. it's it's a it's a different experience every time you play it. Um so I think thirty bucks is reasonable. I imagine they'll probably have like cosmetics and all of that. So thirty yeah. bucks is basically the entry price. Um but yeah, I don't think thirty bucks is crazy for the for the product that Hopefully they will have. Well, no, no. That's, yeah. So I'm not. I'm not arguing that. I'm asking. Are you guys going to pick it up? I think so. I don't know that I'll pick it up during early access, but like I think we'll, we'll have to see how the game pans out. I think it seems promising so far. But yeah, uh, part of me, I'm kind of torn because it's kind of nice being in, having played the beta and stuff like that. Like part of me is like I don't want to miss out. Uh, also, I'll probably just try to do the streamer thing and get a key for free. But uh, <laughs> the other thing is, no, but the other thing is, like, I, I am kind of like, I really do like what I've played so far, even um, even just in the limited time with the close beta. So I kind of feel like if I don't, if I do wait and I don't play it when it's in early access and going through all the updates that will never really happen over the next year or two, if it ever actually fully releases, like, that's the other joke with these games is like, do, will they ever come out? Well, we'll see. But you know what I mean? Like that I'm going to be missing out on like, like the, like the changes and, and, and being able to play the game and stay up and, and wanting to improve at it. So I think for that, and you're right, $30 is not a crazy, it's not a crazy ass, especially for yeah. something where it's like, you know, like you said, you can have basically infinite replay value because also, you can have a 30 bucks. Every time. If that's the full retail price, that means that this is almost certainly a game that will go on sale for 15 or 20. Yeah, sure. Steam sales. Yeah. So absolutely. Like I probably wouldn't want them to make it, actually free to play because then i feel like they probably have yeah. to deal with a lot of cheating that hopefully a 30 dollar price point weeds out a lot of a lot of that yeah. but um yeah. but i think you know 15 or 20 bucks on sale seems pretty reasonable for a game like this yeah so i, I think, think probably i think probably yeah i probably will end up buying it if it's my answer i think for me i think it's going to be it's going to have to take a major change in like where people are playing because i personally don't think people mm-hmm. are going to drop h1 just to pick up battlegrounds Mm -hmm. and i think that makes up a big part of like the 
the reason why I'm still playing H1 this weekend was because my friends were playing it. Like I know I realized it was a closed beta still, but but at the same time, like in three weeks, two months, whatever it may be, which one am I going to be playing? Well, it's wherever my friends are going to be at. And then yeah, that's true. I don't know, and I feel like H1 still. I don't know. I I feel like H1 still has a place with everyone that they're still going to play it for a while. I, like... I feel like it's not going to be uh, one or the other, though, for a lot of people, though, because I think you can jump between the game. Like, I don't think being, even though they're a different style of games, I don't think you it just has to be like, uh, I only play H1Z1 and I don't play Battlegrounds. I think you're going to see a lot of crossover. I think a lot of people that play H1Z1 that have played the close beta like it enough to buy it, but I don't think that means they're not going to play H1 anymore. I don't think, it, you know what I mean? I think you're going to see a game that exists uh, for people playing both. At least personally, I think that. I don't know. I don't think it has to be one or the other yet, but maybe not. I think think if my friends all had Battlegrounds right now, I think everybody would ditch it for H1 because of the status of H1 right now. That's just personal. I'll be curious to see if they look to differentiate from each other uh, because right now there are some aspects that feel very similar in in, the way that King of the Hill style game is played. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, I mean, I like that Battlegrounds doesn't have crafting. Frankly, when I was trying to play H1 uh, and trying to figure out like how to craft and, and basically like sitting in a menu while I'm a sitting duck in the map is not a good experience. So um, I liked that basically all of the items within Battlegrounds, you just you have to go find them and pick them up, but there's no crafting to do. It's, it's pretty straightforward. Um, I think H1Z1 as a, as a newer player who, who has not spent a ton of time with it, uh, the crafting stuff kind of confused me. Like, I think I think they they both need to do uh, a better job than that genre has typically done of getting new players involved in it and learning the game. Um, I felt like it was easier to pick up Battlegrounds than it was to pick up H1Z1. Um, but even outside of that, like, the vehicles go completely different speeds. The, the oh, game yeah. feels like it's a completely different speed. I will Much be curious slower. to see if either one of them sort of doubles down on some of those differences and tries to find the that niche. Or do we see H1Z1 try and slow down to basically say we're better than Battlegrounds, uh, yeah. you know, and the gameplay is very similar, but we're the better product, so come play us. Like, I, I'll be curious to see how the games respond to each other. That was, that was the other thing I was going to say, is right away off the bat, uh, Battlegrounds is catering to a more, like, it's weird. It's catering to a more casual and also more hardcore audience at the same time. They're doing things that are player friendly. Like you see your actual movement on the map with the map overview, right? You see your little arrow, oh, yeah. as opposed to H one, which again, once you once you learn, once you read the map or whatever, and you know what you're doing, it's fine. But if you're a new player to H one, you've never played any games like this, and you just see your little red square, and you're like, what? Where the what the fuck does that mean initially, or whatever? And yeah, I would. I, so there's a lot of there's a lot of little things that this game does that um, quality of life kind of stuff quali- that are quality of life stuff that just make it easier and. Uh, and again, I don't know, like, it, I don't think having, I don't think if H1 changed up their map so that they showed you as an actual arrow on the map and showed the terrain that people would complain. They'd probably be like, oh, that's so fucking, that's so nice. Like, I don't think anybody enjoys reading the map. And maybe that's me. I don't know. Like, where are you? Like, <laughs> but um, mm. where it's a little bit more ambivalent and you're not as like, it's harder to be pinpoint accurate and you're just going by, by your compass. But um, so that's, but again, on the hardcore side, like you said, with the attachments, with like, um, the gunplay, it's like, it, it does feel satisfying. One thing I do want to point out that uh, Natsu was saying in chat that is true is that the, the close range, um, 
combat in this game definitely leaves some stuff to be desired. But it is also less arcadey than H1. But I've had multiple times, like with a shotgun or whatever else, like it really. I think the gunplay in this game shines at medium to long range. The closer yeah. range engagements, which maybe are by nature the way that the it's designed in the engine, are really generally really ugly right now. And I would like to see that cleaned up a little bit because it but does kind of feel, feel like, that way with H1Z1 too. Like close well, range, sure. feel, close range yeah. feels like a crapshoot. Um, and I feel like that none of these games have felt great in close, uh, like close combat. But I yeah. do feel like medium to long range, this game feels pretty good. Definitely. Right. Whereas I say with the H one, I think it's the I think it feels awful medium along. And I would say the the close the closer game in, in H one, if you're not if you're not getting absolutely shot on by the server or some hit reg stuff with a shotgun, like you know, I've one shot a lot of people in H one close range with a shotgun stuff. So it, it can be okay, but I yeah, I guess it just depends on the day. But um sorry, yeah, if you're just joining us, we're talking about battlegrounds. Basically, just done a battlegrounds roundtable podcast, and <laughs> we're out of time, guys. So no, I'm just but um, also, so I'll, I'll move on real quick because, but that was good. I'm glad we talked about it because I know we all pretty much, except for Katie, played it. Katie's playing fucking child Nintendo games are over there. I don't know what he's doing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, fucking baby dead over here <laughs> playing that Zelda. Uh, I do want to give H1 a try. It looks really cool. But from from what I'm hearing, I think I might lean towards the more arcadey feel. So I'll have to try hmm. them both sometime. Yeah. Um, I also have been playing, if you do not own this, like fucking Black Wake, the pirate game. I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. I don't know if you've heard about it. It is in alpha right now. It's 50, it's 20, I think it's 20 bucks on, on steam early access. Uh, it is, a uh, basically it depends. You can go into different servers, but you are pirates or you're the British, uh, Navy and it is old school i mean realistic when i say realistic like you're firing cannons you have a captain of a ship uh you when you reload your musket it takes 30 seconds uh Mm -hmm. it's it's insane it it's it's probably one of the best if not the best early access game i've ever played as far as proof of concept and fun to play right out of the Mm -hmm. gate and it really terrifies me because the last time I played a game that this was this fun this early, it got totally fucked up. And that game was the calling and they started listening to the community and they fucked the game up. Ooh. This game, if you haven't played black wake, I cannot recommend it enough. We've had so much fun on stream. I've been, I mean, I've been playing it pretty much every day the past week and a half or two weeks. Um, you got to play it. Uh, I, you got to experience it. Uh, if you ever wanted to be like, it's as close to being like any kind of pirate multiplayer game. Um, where in concept it sounds fun, but they've actually made something that sounds fun actually really fun. So get Black Wake or check it out. If you're just listening to the cast, check it out and, and try it out. It, 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 shines, in group. Awesome. it shines in a group. Uh, this reminds me of something. Uh, this reminds me of something like uh, I remember playing like uh, Counter-Strike Source and there was this like uh, Pirate Wars mod they had where it was like two boats and you had to like try to board the other boat and like rebuild your ship and like so I wonder if this was like inspired by that, but like, man, I'm yeah. like, this is bringing back some memories because I used to play that mod all the time. Man, I <laughs> this looks awesome. It's fucking incredible. It's I, I don't even wow. like you have to really kind of get into it and play with the group to, to experience it. But just like the mechanics are great, um, and it runs incredible. It's on Unity and it runs. It's made by two people, okay. and I get eighty to hundred FPS in an alpha, and it runs fantastic. Like wow. It just makes you go like when you see something like this and it's so fun. You're like two people made this fucking thing. And we've got, you know, anyway, speaking to the other games that we were talking about, you're like, how many people are working on this? And it's still broken. 
But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, really, really good uh, game and cool early access uh, slash alpha you should check out. So One of the screenshots of Black Lake on the Steam page is just uh, you holding a cup of tea in front of you. Yes, that is how you heal yourself. That is how you heal yourself. That's one of your uh, options. It's so good, dude. And you should hear the voice acting. It's fucking (laughs) hilarious. You can spam commands. Yeah, we gotta we gotta play that as a group. Trust me, as soon as you get into it, you can't stop. It's how's the the player base on it being really access? Really, like you can always find servers full of like and fifty four man servers by the way. So that that is two. Oh wow, uh, that's like. I think three ships aside with a pretty, pretty large crews. Yeah. Okay. Pretty cool. So there's like a galleon ship, which is bigger, which, uh, which you have a ton of people on and then you have the smaller uh, ships. So there's lots of strategy. um, But one of the funnest thing is uh, one of the more fun things to do is uh, we have, uh, when we play, we we call it, we call ourselves the number one aggressors in this game, best aggressive gameplay. Uh, Our captain frost, we always ram, so you can ram the other ships (laughs) And then you can board them, and then that's when you get into the hand-to-hand combat, the uh, you know the muskets, the knock guns, and that stuff's super satisfying as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's really fun. So it's kind of multi, it's multi-layered. So you can just do that. You can just do the ship combat kind of stuff if you want, but then the real, the real, it really shines when when you're um, kind of boarding and engaging uh, the other ships. So, um, cool. All right, I'll uh, I'll move on and let uh, somebody else. Uh, oh, Brandon is receiving a. See what Brandon is receiving. Is that a cup? Vegan cookies. Oh, that's so nice. Having a little black lake experience of my own. I was just going to say, you're ready. You just (laughs) need to uh, download the game. Yeah, awesome. I'm actually, yeah, I'm downloading as we speak. Uh, I'm just getting ready. Um. Okay. Am I I next? You are next. Yeah. You are Uh, next. Yeah. So, so we already talked a bunch about battlegrounds. Uh, That's most of what I've played this week uh, because I was traveling and then catching up on work stuff. Um, so I didn't get a chance to play much, but I did uh, on the plane home uh, from Boston. I uh, I ran out of things to watch, and I thought, "Oh, I bought The Walking Dead season two um, on oh. a while back because it was on sale. You know, it's been out a while, and uh, and I mm-hmm. I hadn't played it yet. So I played through season one mm-hmm. on the iPad, which I actually think the iPad is the best way to play the Walking Dead games because they're basically just they might as well just be visual novels." You're just like hitting things every now and then, so they play. I think they yeah. play really well on on iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I started playing uh, Walking Dead season two, and I'm not really that far into it, uh, but it it seems okay. It's not quite not quite pulling me in the way season one did, um, but I'll probably try and play that over the next few weeks because mm. I just basically got started and had to sort of remember remember everything. Uh, but so far, it's just like, oh, Clementine, she's, she's like doing a whole bunch of stuff that you wouldn't expect a like ten year old girl to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> I also played uh, played some FTL on the plane, which is still uh, okay. an incredible yeah. game. Maybe one of the best games ever made, actually. So there's my Good. report. Good. Yeah, yeah still, I, I, that game is cheap, isn't it? Too like everybody. What, what oh, 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 yeah. No FTL, FTL, FTL. I mean, I don't even know. It's like five, five or ten bucks or something. Yeah, it goes on sale all the time. I see it. I always see it on summer sales, winter sales, around yeah. two dollars and fifty. Yeah, it's so. like honestly, it is one of the best games. It's just one of the most replayable games I've ever ever played. Like, I own yeah. it on Steam. I own it on my iPad. It's it's amazing. Awesome. Okay. 
yeah, and I think you'll enjoy season two of The Walking Dead because it, it really grew on me the more I played it. Really, like yeah, it, it basically really I could tell that it more. was I could tell that it was like setting up some it was trying to set up some story things, but so far none mm-hmm. of the stuff that it's done has really grabbed me. But I'm on, I'm like not even through the first episode of season two or the first yeah the first mm-hmm. episode of season uh, okay. two. So um, I just I know I probably just need to get into it. Yeah, it, I mean, from what I remember, it might take until episode three to five, but things yeah. do get really, really good in that second season. Um, I'm going to try, real... uh, try and finish it in the next maybe week or two. Awesome. Real quick, I almost forgot a trigger. I was going to talk about that. I also played the BF1 DLC, which is available for premium members um, <laughs> or two weeks okay. early. So I was very excited. Haven't played BF1 for a while because it was getting a little stale with like there was no new maps or, you know, I just was like ready for some new content. And so we get everybody together and uh, you know, we're, we're excited because we like playing BF1 and we load up the first map and we get on attack and, you know, we're playing and we're like, oh, it looks pretty cool and stuff. And it's like, wow, this seems really, really unbalanced. But, you know, I still try to be positive. Like we're getting slaughtered. We're like, all right, we, we slowly getting a point And then we're realizing like, how the fuck? How how is anybody ever supposed to do this? And and so anyway, the first map goes by. We're like, all right, I'm not going to be too triggered. Whatever, the map looked cool. We play the next map. We try to play attack. Like this is this is insane. They this, they made this impossible. This, we have a full group and we can't do this against randoms. This is nuts. This can't be real. Anyway, fast forward to about three or four hours of very frustrating gameplay. And while there's a lot of good things that they did in this patch and fixed a lot of things uh, technically with the game, that um needed to be to be done uh the maps are just incredibly incredibly unbalanced and i think basically they took the feedback that uh the you know the community felt attacking was too easy on a lot of these other maps and they just basically (laughs) fucked the shit out of attacking on the (laughs) next two like i don't know how else to describe it it's actually insane and to the point that it's so frustrating that unless you're on d unless you get um unless you play defense on the two new maps that they released there's no point because you you pretty much can't win unless you're playing against a group of baboons who have never you know touched a mouse before. But for the most part, uh, it was super frustrating and kind of disheartening. I haven't played. We played one one round of the new game mode. It was okay, um, but I'm really kind of disappointed that the balance is is such an issue. And I know that they'll probably they'll definitely get around to fixing it at some point. But um, I even well, had I people. Mean, yeah, we. There's there's balance issues when the beta was happening with the full game. Well, sure, sure. I mean, like every single map, it was impossible to uh, defend. So I mean, like, and but now they've balanced it out. I mean, it took some time, but like, we're at this point where we're basically paying to beta test games. You know, Um, that is is essentially what your two week early access is, right? Pretty pretty much, yeah. And that's the other thing is that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be shocked. I guess I was cautiously optimistic, but even that was... That's what that you was signed up for, of, Scott. It was. It was. And that, even that was too much. And it is. I mean, it's like we... Uh, the group that I play with, like we've put a lot of hours into the game, so it's not just like... We're not just like salty. I mean, we're salty. <laughs> we're very salty, but we, we played enough of the game to, to kind of just scratch our heads and go like, how did they play? Like, I know that we are playtesting it to a certain extent, but there right. also was a... Um, they have the other fucking whatever they call their other environment where you can, where they roll out updates early that you can play on. Um, and this shit was out. I don't know if this shit was out on it, but a lot of the other changes technically they made 
like there there was some testing going on and I don't just don't know how they didn't get the feedback that this is actually so imbalanced that unless you play on defense you it's almost impossible to have a good time uh so like there there's one section of some of the maps like in operations obviously you play through two maps if you're attackers you have to you have to capture all the go through all the points and capture them and one of the maps has like an okay first uh, one of the operations has an okay first map but then once you get into the second one it basically becomes impossible and um so i don't know we're gonna have to see how they balance it and even where they put spawns um (laughs) you're just like you're just scratching your head we're like how are we ever supposed to capture this because as soon as we wipe them they all spawn and jump over a little uh hill and they're back where we are so anyway um just kind of disappointing i i definitely hope that they that they will dial it in but i i was definitely looking forward to playing more battlefield but after four hours of playing with a full group who normally uh who are very competent and we work together and able to win games after getting attack every time and losing every time and only winning on defense i was like i'm i have no desire to touch this game again for a while until they until they fix it so damn anyway. yeah wow. it sucks That's too bad it is it is um, I want to read this comment from Yingini in the chat just real quick because this is perfectly sums it up. He said, the issue is that we at least know how to coordinate somewhat and the fact that we were doing that, trying different things and still coming nowhere close. And that's the thing. Coming nowhere close to beating randoms was kind of nuts given how uh, that's gone in the past. And that's what it felt like where it was like, we are actually coordinating. We're playing in groups that definitely don't have as many people as we do. And they're still just shitting on our lives <laughs> like easily. And that's how crazy the balance is. So. Um, wow. Anyway, just had to get that out, and uh, I, hope, I hope they fix it. Which, again, like you said, they they will at some point, but not quick enough for my uh, however many thirty bucks I think I ended up paying for the for the DLC. So, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, but anyway, let's real quick go from that to talking about good things. So, something that was negative was the Battlefield One DLC. Something that's positive is what's going on in KV Mod. And Brad, talk to me about what's uh, what's happening. Yeah, so small little update this week. Um, we looked at No Man's Sky. Uh, they just had a huge update with like space exploration and stuff. And we took it at um, um, we we looked at it from a perspective of somebody that actually like doesn't actually hate the game. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of press. It's you know, a lot of people are giving it a lot of flack right now just because they've felt pretty burned. So um, we've looked take an objective look at the game and the new content that's been added. And, um, you know, the results might shock you on what we, what we thought of the game, um, in their updates. So go to the site, check that out. And then we have a new segment, I guess we're calling KB mod staff best game ever, um, mm-hmm. where, uh, basically staff members of KB mods down and write about their favorite games of all time. So this week, hexadecimal, uh, dissected why Link's Awakening was one of his favorite games of all time. So, kbmod.com, check that out. You'll see our schedule for streaming, uh, articles, you know, news reviews. You have it. It's all there on the site, kbmod.com. So, there you go. All right. Thank you for that. And with um, that out of the way, we're going to jump into some news. And uh, <laughs> does any of you, anybody here super triggered by? Uh, by this first article, Brad, you seem to be earlier. Why don't you take this one? Um, no, because I'm not on Windows Seven like you, Scott. God uh, damn it! I knew I was. I wanted someone to go to bat for Windows Seven, and I'm the only one on it. So I guess 
All right. So what's happening <laughs> is um, basically Microsoft is not supporting new processors for um, Windows 7 and Windows 8, um, yeah. which I think they dump support for Windows Vista altogether, but that's a whole different story. Um, My stream PC. Just kidding. It's not Windows <laughs> Vista. I wish it was. Um, but yeah, so if you are getting a Ryzen or Kaby Lake processor and you expect to be running Windows 7 or 8.1, well, tough luck, dude. Uh, it's Windows 10 or nothing else. Um, in, their, in their article on the on the problem says, your PC uses a processor that isn't supported of this version of Windows. And then they just suggest upgrading, like as your, as your, uh, <laughs> as, as like a resolution. So, um, mm, that's cool. Tough luck. Yeah. Let me upgrade so that I can get ads just strewn all throughout my OS experience. That's, that sounds good. Hey, is there a way to turn off ads in my fucking file windows or file explorer so that I, so that I don't, Oh wait, I bought this OS. Oh, cool. Sorry. I'm a little better. <laughs> I, I, I was saying I was saying to the guys before the cast that every time I check any like tech subreddit or anything else, it's like three different uh, articles about how like either to turn off fucking ads from Microsoft within your own OS. And I'm like, wow, I just can't believe why I haven't upgraded yet. It's like I know that that's one small thing, but that's beyond the also other technical things that people have issues with. That really the great goes thing about Windows 10 is that uh, when you upgrade. If you don't already understand how the Windows registry works or how Windows group policy right. works, you will once you open yeah, the Windows 10. You will learn. Exactly. I'm not worried about ads in my file explorer because I'm going to be able to find a way to turn them off. But most people don't want to have to deal with that. Okay. But to be to be fair, they I mean they did mention this a while back. I think I think we actually talked about this uh on a past podcast when they basically said that uh, the new processors will only be supported by Windows 10. Uh, but I think at the time, I'm not sure we knew what that meant. Like, I'm not sure that we knew it would literally, like, not install Windows. Yeah, you couldn't even right. get the... I uh, thought, I mean, because a lot of times when they say it won't support, like, it won't be supported on old operating systems, it's like, okay, well, maybe it won't be, ha- like, super optimized, or you don't necessarily know what that means. It It doesn't necessarily mean uh, that it won't work at all. But that appears to be the case that... Um, it actually does not work on Windows uh, on Windows Seven or Eight. So, yeah, I guess uh, at at some point, Scott, you're gonna your hand is gonna be forced just based on hardware alone, uh, which is is kind no, of. No, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Yeah. I mean, I hate going this route, but you know, Apple does this, and they they restrict updates to hardware, and they've done this for a long time. And it's not just with their mobile solutions; it's with their their hardware solutions too. I remember like they weren't letting people with like an Intel core two duo, like in their MacBook pros up, <laughs> upgrade to like a certain um, windows OS version, like, or they weren't getting specific updates or something like that. It's like, um, huh. I don't know, maybe, maybe it's an expense thing. I don't know, it, but it's, it's really weird. Um, but at the same time there, um, a lot of new products coming out, uh, and I imagine it's not cheap for Microsoft to do this, but um, I would like to hear their perspective of why. I think they actually say here, um, well, actually, they they just give us a bullshit. They just give a PR statement. Yeah. It's, it's hard to know. I mean, unless you're an actual engineer working on this stuff, like 
it's hard to know how much work it actually is uh, to make sure that the processors are compatible with old operating systems. I'm going to, like, I want to believe it's not a ton of work, right? Because it's still x86. Like, the platform is not yeah. changing in a fundamental way. So I, I want to... Actually, I think... though, yeah, that's the weird thing is um, there's a lot of people with Ryzen CPUs um, having problems right now and, like, Windows. Um, like, I don't know who's, who's end or who, who's at fault here, but there's problems with, like, the way the OS and the processors work together. Like, um, uh, like I heard that basically Windows was basically seeing um, the hyper-threaded cores as actual physical cores, and that was messing with a lot of people's benchmarks when, when it just came out, um, to even, like, reading temperatures for the new new processor. Like, there's there's a lot of problems. So, I, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting to see this when... Like we're we have a brand new launch and it's not even working correctly as it should. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just know. also think it's also it regardless of how much work it is, it's a convenient excuse for them to not support uh, right the older operating systems. And like the the simple fact is that like especially in enterprise, there are a lot of enterprises that are not going to upgrade from Windows Seven for a while yet. So yeah. like this this kind of puts puts you in a hard place if for instance you want to upgrade you know your desktop or laptop at work but your work image only lets you have windows 7 like you're you know basically enterprises are going to get stuck in time um because they're not going to be able to use newer hardware which mm-hmm. is seems like a bad thing um but I, again i don't know how much work it is to maintain compatibility for windows 7 and windows 8 it just doesn't seem like it would be that much work but yeah, you say that, an Brandon, engineer, but there's and, there's companies still rocking Windows XP even though they shouldn't be. So I mean, I mean, but that's what I mean. Like, it, I mean, Windows XP, yeah. It, at some point, companies are going to have to upgrade or get stuck on older hardware. But I'm just surprised that Windows 10 is not that. Like Windows 8 is not that old. For this, for these processors to not work on Windows 8, that's yeah. still like that still feels pretty bad to me. Windows 10 is not old. So it worries me that we're already like putting new processors on a on an operating system and forcing them to be on an operating system that's only like a couple years old. It's, it's I don't know. It seems it seems convenient for Microsoft. That's all. That's that's just the way that I see things. Even though I'm mm-hmm. sure that there is some additional cost to doing that compatibility work, it seems like the compati- the compatibility work would be in the best interest of their consumers. But I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye on it pretty soon. Uh, <laughs> there's not going to be any support for anything hardware-wise unless it's Windows 10, but that's just, uh, that's just my guess. Uh, and, and, any uh, every. Also, you know. so I don't think... You have an Xbox One? I'm sorry, you need to upgrade to Windows 10 and wipe whatever <laughs> version of the OS that they have on that fucking glorified uh, PC? Yeah. Okay. Oh, God. Um. Trigger. I think so. So the the one thing that uh, I don't think has been tested, at least according to this article, is if you already have, uh, if you have Windows Seven and then you uh, and then you like drop a new processor in an existing install, like mm-hmm. it's possible that it, that's the thing. Well, I guess we'll see when someone does more more testing. It's just that if you try and update, it will tell you that it doesn't work. Mm. 
So I don't know. Could be. But eventually, um, I mean, the, the the simple fact is, like, eventually everyone's going to be forced onto Windows 10, regardless of what you right. do. Like, at some point, either some piece of software you rely on or some hardware upgrade or something will force you to Windows 10 when you least expect it. Right. So. Windows 10 is just like the inevitability of death. Like, we yeah. all die. You're in we are all forgotten. Draws closer. We are, all, you know we are all, you know, in the grand scheme of things, our <laughs> life is but a brief spark that is then forgotten. So, you know what? I feel like I need to make, like, a... <laughs> A nihilist, uh, like, uh, like there's the Arby's account. I need to do one for Windows 10. And nihilist then Windows 7. Like nihilist Windows, yeah, Windows 7. <laughs> yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to be forced on Windows 10 anyway. So, well, Scott, if Wi-Fi you were upset about Windows 10, I oh. bet you were doubly upset about For oh, Honor yeah. microtransactions. Actually, do you know what? I'm not, because I was <laughs> not. I played about two hours of this game, and I was like, this is not a $60 game by any means, and I probably wouldn't even pay 30 for it. And guess what, man? This is this. I almost read this with a smile on my face. For Honor players did the math on its microtransactions, and they aren't happy about it. Wow. Well, considering they already paid $60 for the game, they don't seem like the brightest bunch. But, however, let's read what they came up with. Let's see what they came up with. Because part of me is like, well, it serves you right. Like, let's be real about this. Um, so here we go. So they did they did the numbers. And obviously, anything with Ubisoft or Uplay, you're going to go, well, uh, of course, microtransactions. It's not really going to be worth it. <laughs> so uh, it hasn't had an easy ride since launch. We We talked about a week or two weeks ago that For Honor shed more than half its player base after two weeks of being live. They lost half of their player base. Like, they just don't play the game Mm -hmm. anymore. Like, the numbers on Steam, they weren't coming back, which is pretty crazy. So they already have that situation where they're kind of hemorrhaging players who paid 60 bucks. But again, it's like, all right, whatever, they got the 60 bucks. But they obviously want this game to be around for a while and want people to buy the season passes. Well... Let's take a look here. Uh, coming off the heels of new emotes costing 7,000 steel, uh, the in-game currency that can be bought in chunks of 5,000 for 499. Uh, this is kind of a recent update. Players have started doing the math on how long it would take to grind out every unlockable in the game, and they are not happy with the results. So basically, I'll save you all the math that was done by some. Of course, it was a Reddit user named Bystander007. Uh, <laughs> but it was a Reddit user. Doing God's and this work. Was, this was his quote on this after he saw some, some of the stuff that they were uh, offering. He said, Ubisoft is notorious for their deceptively expensive multiplayer games, as anyone who has played any of their recent Tom Clancy games could tell you. I personally just have suppressed the completionist within me and stopped bothering to grind for unlocks. Once you do the math, you'll agree. So he did the math, and here it is. I'll just read it because it's interesting. Each hero in For Honor takes 91,500 steel to unlock all the customization included in the base game. So there's 12 heroes currently, and that means to unlock everything in For Honor, you'll need 1,098,000 steel. That is approximately 7.32 of the $100 uh, steel packs. Uh, So Ubisoft has valued their in-game unlocks within the base game at a $732 overcharge of the original 60 to 100, depending on the version you bought that's been spent on the game. So, I mean, again, obviously... You go, all right, well, you don't have to buy the, you don't have to unlock everything with $100 steel packs, even, you know, $700. You could, you could just grind it, right? Well, so how long would it take someone to accrue the amount of steel by grinding? Well, oh, according God. to the math, okay, again, this is conservative, but according to the math, if you played between one or two hours a day, every day, it would take about two and a half years. 
<laughs> two and a half years. <laughs> and so obviously he's even being generous, I would say, to two and a half. I mean, obviously people play oh, yeah. long, longer sessions than that, but that's just breaking it down to every day. Uh, so that's yeah. Geez. So that's because the steel you earn for free is really pittance. Matches can reward as little as 15 steel for 10 minutes of play. So daily missions, I mean, you can get stuff for boosts. They do this in Rainbow Six. You can get like little bonus things. Uh, daily missions offer around 1,000 steel if you complete them, but that means most players will only earn about 1,200 a day. And so, yeah, it's like two, two and a half years of solid grinding to unlock everything or $732 if you buy uh, all, the, um, all the steel from the marketplace. So again, this isn't shocking. It's just, uh, it is pretty, when you actually run the numbers, it's pretty scary. So I, I see this comment in, in the, the Reddit post and even in our chat and people are asking, why do you need them or comparing it to CSGO or whatever. Sure. The, the, that's that's this besides is, this, the point. It's, it's not even close to CSGO. But, but, the, but the problem is like yeah. you paid $60, you should be getting everything that's included in the game like it's ridiculous that you have to like pay for it up front counter-strike global offensive has and never has never been a 60 dollars full release game well okay. right Counter-Strike for 15 20 bucks and so that that's okay like at that right. point like you, you just play the game but but like when you buy a 60 dollars game you should be getting a full-fledged like i should be getting all the content up front but like that's the problem with dlc is is that um you're not getting everything and like, no. okay, so how long does it take to grind it out? Well, it's taking people two and a half years plus like that's right for $60. Like you should be getting everything. Like that's, that's the thing, but I don't, I don't know. That, know I mean, is... I don't know that I necessarily agree with that entirely, but I will like, I will, <clears throat> I don't think this is a good business decision for them. And the reason is that you guys mentioned last week that their player base has dropped a whole bunch. And I think that one of the risks of yeah. having a pretty aggressive, uh, like cosmetic, you know, purchase model is that you could be giving those cosmetics away, uh, like on a more frequent basis, right? Mm-hmm. And that might keep the players who bought the game invested in it longer, right? So, like, they are choosing on one hand to try and make more money from people who will sure. pay for cosmetics, and that's fine, right? Like, because as long as in my opinion, as long as you're not selling things that give you an in-game advantage, then like you're, you know, that's okay. I'm not saying it's great, but it's okay. That's the baseline. But when you've already put all the work into like making all of those models and everything, like you've hired people and they've already done the work to make right. all of the, this this cosmetic stuff in the game, you could use that as a way to continually reward people who are playing it, right? And that might keep them interested in the game longer without paying more money, but it keeps your player base numbers there. I think right. the model that they've taken by making it so aggressive and expensive is that it will, it will over time grind people down because you're grinding towards one, like one or two cosmetic pieces. And it actually hurts people who choose to have a, like play a variety of characters. For instance, when you have to unlock everything separately across all your different uh, player classes and everything, like I think it's a delicate balance to mm. try and make more money on top of that $60 while at the same time keep people interested in playing your game. All of those cosmetic items, if you made them for, let's just say for free, right? And there was, it, you just had to unlock, you know, some in-game currency, but you couldn't buy it. But you accumulated it quickly enough where 
you could, you know, you could pimp out your character in any way you wanted pretty much after, say, 20 hours. I don't know. Uh, that, that then makes people maybe more invested in the game because now they've got everything they want and they hone their skill and, and all that. I think this maybe discourages people from even ever trying to reach that point. Um, yeah, for the average person. Absolutely. I think it's like, it's, it, it's, uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to say it's like wrong because I think it is maybe a little bit greedy to, to offer well, cosmetics. Well, that's not the point that of costs. this article is like, it's not that the, the people that in the community that are upset about this aren't saying that they don't want cosmetics or that they're saying that the value proposition of grinding compared to what you could pay, you know what I mean? Like, is yeah. that like you're saying that it is, it is a step too far. It is, it is too greedy. And I think that, that like, there I needs that, to be a formula change. Well, I think that saying that all of your like your unlockables in this sixty dollar game, putting a putting a value on all that content of like over seven hundred dollars, I think right. is pretty rich. Like I would expect that from a free to play game for sure, because sure. they're literally right. built on that value proposition in the first place. Exactly. But I think you you exactly. do risk basically you this is what you risk when you try to have your cake and eat it too. You risk yeah. that the community does all the math and then basically <laughs> turns on you. Because once they once they get discouraged, like then they get their pitchforks out. Exactly. So, no, ex- and I think there is a massive distinction here. I really do. For a sixty dollar, whatever you want to say, triple A game, people make the comparison to Counter Strike. Yes, they have cosmetics. Yes, they have cases. Yes, you roll just as well. But there is a difference. There is a difference. I would have I have a different mental expectation when with a game like that, or even like you said, a free to play game. Uh, than I do if I would spend 60 bucks and felt, you know, and I saw this and was like, wow, okay, this math is actually crazy, especially for a game that's $60. I'm not saying that you have to have all the content up front, but it is different than, than getting a game for 15 or a free-to-play game where you're, where you're going, okay, well, how are they going to make their money or, or the bulk of their money? Um, and I, I think it's just different. It's different. I think we're also, I think there's something to think about here with um, the console crowd too, I think. Yeah. As PC gamers, I think we've just we've become very accustomed to being uh, shut off. Aware, well, that but aware of of like game currencies and yeah. Scott. Let's stop talking about sorry uh, TwitchCon. Sorry, dude. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Um, but I think as PC gamers, we've been, we've become very aware of of pricing and all this. But I, for some reason, I feel like console gaming has a lot to attribute to this because people so many people are buying games day one still or pre-ordering for full price and then buying dlc or cosmetics and stuff on top of that like no problem i don't know who these people are like but but there's people out there obviously because ubisoft wouldn't try to do this if if it wasn't successful like um and i think we need to think about that perspective coming into this as well because um, obviously there's an audience that's willing to dump some money into this game instead of grinding it grinding it out sure but, yeah. um i don't yeah. know another thing i want to point out that bear made which is a point that i'm sad that i didn't make myself but again i'm just referencing chat i gotta give him credit he said that these are also ubisoft items though you can't trade them you can't sell them for actual cash <laughs> this is only for you. True. You know, in the ecosystem, other people can see your flair and stuff like that. But the difference with CS:GO is like, yes, sure, your chances aren't great. Yes, whatever. But you can. There is a possibility to, let's say, you do get that four hundred dollars knife. You can sell that for profit on the marketplace, and you can get real money for it because there's an ecosystem that exists around it. So it is different 
in that fair, sense. Mo- like most free to play games don't have a market model like that. CS:GO sure. and Dota are fairly yeah. unique in that sense. Right. But I do think yeah. it it is like there is a big difference um, when you when you talk about games that have a low price of entry. It's like right. you you can't really get that upset if you do the math and everything in the game adds up to a thousand dollars because like that's not the point. The point is that right. the game is free or close to free, and so you kind of you pay if you want to pay sixty dollars you get a portion of the experience because the entry price is very low. I think right. you you really run a risk of upsetting your player base when you try and have a $60 game and then they feel like that $60 game is so incomplete. Like even even if it's only cosmetics, at a certain point, if, the, if they're $700 worth of cosmetics, you start to be able to, like, I don't know that you can argue that cosmetics aren't a, like a significant part of the game. If it's right. if there's going to be that many, if it's going to be that varied, um, I don't know. It's I think it's a risk. Like it's not a risk for the base game. A lot of people already bought For Honor. It's probably right. already considered successful. Um, but the risk is in like, will there be a For Honor two, and will people buy it again if they feel kind of shafted by this one? Like it mm-hmm. sort of goes into that that idea of you might be losing out on long term goodwill. And this game might not have a long shelf life that it could have otherwise. Yeah, well, it already is. I mean, it's <laughs> again, you're like you, like we talked about earlier when we talked about the game last week was the fact that it shed so much of its player base already. This is not another. This isn't. This isn't helping. I don't think anything. Yeah. Um, especially because these are the people that if, if you're going to have the the Reddit community go in and do the math, these are the people that already that already are your diehard users that want the game to succeed. Exactly. They have every interest in wanting to continue to play this game. So like you said earlier, Brandon, if you're alienating these people, what really are you going to have left here at the end? Yeah, and that is the risk. I think like the hitting, ca- the, hitting the nail on the head. <laughs> like if you alienate your really hardcore user base, which this does, then you really risk not being able to count on them to keep your game going in the longer term. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, let's... Um, Let's move on from that into some uh, quick hit news. Um, PS4 games, for you guys that don't have a PS4, soon you guys will be able to play them, albeit technically streaming them to your PC, um, via PS Now, which is a service we had talked about in the past. And, um, you know, I I guess uh, we're taking a look. There's a little bit more news coming out as far as, like, uh, the price points and all that kind of stuff. But if you want to play like games like Horizon Zero Dawn, Uncharted 4, or all of those, and you don't have a PlayStation, um, you can pick up a uh, PS Now subscription. And um, with a monthly fee, you can get access to over 400 PS2 titles and PS3 titles and a lot of exclusives. And I haven't yeah, I guess, uh, given I guess services. Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption is on there. So, like, that's. Red Dead Redemption, yep. That's already maybe a reason to get it, yep. but. I would. Yep. Uh, we were talking about this before the cast. Uh, I put this on here because I don't own a PlayStation, but I could. I could see myself uh, trying PS Now to play uh, some of the exclusives, especially because uh, none of those exclusives really rely on like no input lag and great ping and stuff. Like Uncharted right. is just like a story game. Um, right. The Last of Us games like that that, frankly, like are probably fine to play over streaming because mm-hmm. they're not highly competitive, like they're just single-player story games. Uh, I could definitely see myself getting a subscription just to play those, you know, for a month or two, 
and then canceling it, like that would be a pretty good value. Yeah. Yeah. When, no, when you said it like that, that did make sense. Like if you have just a couple of that games you want to get through, that's a, access to a pretty big library. And, you know, I, I'm super skeptical because I'm, a, you know, latency, what is it going to be like? Is the experience going to be good enough to, to justify something like that? But to be fair, I haven't tried it myself. So maybe, I don't know, Brandon, I kind of want you, you, you seem the most interested. So I think you should get a one month subscription. Well, I mean, we'll see right now. They haven't, they, they have just said yeah. their PS4 games are coming. They haven't right. said which ones or on what time True. frame. Um, yeah. So I would, the, the cynic in me uh, thinks that we <laughs> probably won't see some of their best titles because yeah. they still want to sell PS4s and PS4 Pros. And guess what? Their exclusive PS4 games are the best way to do that. Of so course. I'm not holding my breath that we'll see these games on PS Now anytime soon. But if we do, I could very easily see myself subscribing to give them a try. Because I'm not, like, you're never, I don't think we're going to see for a long time, uh, like, streaming be the same experience as playing locally on your PC or on your TV. But right. if I'm like, I'm not going to buy a, P- a PS4 just to play those games. So my choice is either play them streaming with maybe a slightly worse experience or not play them, you know? So yeah. for me, yeah. like that, that decision, it, it would either be to tr- give this a try or just to not play them. And up until now, I just haven't played those games. So I'd love to give them a try though. I mean, I haven't played Red Dead Redemption, but I've heard great things. So, like, I should, if oh, I can great. get a chance to play it, to knock out some of those uh, exclusive PlayStation titles from, you know, years now that I've missed out, um, like, that's easily worth a few months of, of PS Now subscription. Mm-hmm. I love the comments, games, on the, the, the comments on the original blog are great. Um, somebody in the PC Gamer article picked out some of his favorite ones. Uh, in quotes, I don't like this. Dot dot dot. I want consoles to survive. Frowny face. Uh, the only <laughs> the only gamers benefiting from this decision are PC gamers, not PlayStation gamers. As a longtime PlayStation supporter, I'm very disappointed by Sony's decision. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. Sony, awesome. Con- Sony, please, I urge you not to make top PS4 exclusives like Bloodborne, Uncharted. All these unavailable on PC, and it's just it's just funny some of these comments, like how far this elitism will go. Just to like, they really are invested in not PC gaming, huh? I know, really. Goddamn. I saw one comment because I was going through them, and they were like, um, "Like, I really don't want con or you're killing console gaming or something like that." It's like, okay, chill, dude. Like, (laughs) relax, buddy. Yeah, it's still 2017. Yeah. It's one comment that says, boo, just give us some ports, you selfish Japanese freaks. Your freaking company and your penises won't fall off if you that. So, uh, the comment really got comment, his point comment across there. Really uh, living up to their reputation here. <laughs> There's a pretty good one I saw here. Uh, it just says, I have a better idea. Make exclusivity forbidden by law. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. You got some real brainiacs in uh, the comment section here. <laughs> treading new ground. This is crazy. Damn. Incredible. And I, yes, I said treading new ground. I know that treading means water, but I think these guys are probably swimming above ground with, with the comments I'm seeing. Um, all right. Let's jump into 
a real quick one where I just go again, I think this stuff is cool, but my God, the amount of time people spend. So Pokemon red has been fully recreated in Minecraft with 357,000 command blocks. And I didn't put this in here. So somebody else can explain. I mean, it's definitely impressive. You can watch a video of it. Um, but uh, it's basically like it's we I feel like took we 17 have, months these articles come up every so often and I, I think it's always worth talking about just because this is some of the neat creativity that can only exist when games like allow the kind of modding and extensibility that Minecraft sure. has so the fact that this uh, this person uh, built a working like a working recreation of Pokemon Red that even has some of the bugs from the original game. Yeah, uh, it took mm-hmm. him 21 months, and like Scott mentioned, 357,000 blocks. So he didn't he didn't use any mods actually, from my understand my understanding no. of reading this article, which is impressive because some of the ones we've talked about in the past, uh, they've used mods to basically do a lot of the actual work of you know turning turning some yeah. other. Uh, map into a map in Minecraft, but I'm guessing it sounds like he did this by hand or by I mean, I don't even know but 350,000 blocks 21 months in total uh, I mean, this is basically your life's work at that point um, very impressive stuff, there's a YouTube video uh, that uh, that goes over a little bit, but I mean just Minecraft, for, for as much as a lot of people don't necessarily love the game I feel like Minecraft has had some of the neatest just things come out of it. I mean, who would have expected this yeah, to ever not- to ever come out of Minecraft? Like, wh- I don't know why someone did this, but I think it's cool that they did it. Yeah. There's some really good comments of, like, for, to try to get perspective if you don't play Minecraft or really understand exactly what's going on. Um, this one guy's kind of poo-pooing it, saying, like, what's the, what's the fucking point? It's like, this guy, it's equal to deciding to build a house without tools. He spent 21 months on writing a program that should take him three months tops. So I can only guess he's a brilliant guy who won a world attention. And this other guy goes, I don't know, as someone who's often had to program uh, at a low level point, uh, having to use uh, assembly now, uh, excuse me. He said, as someone who often has to program stuff at a low level to the point of having to use assembly now and then I can admire the work shows off that even with the most rudimentary programming language, you can still accomplish nearly anything. And he's, he's compared, he says it's like showing a work of art carved out of marble using only toothpicks, which is a pretty, yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty, pretty cool image. Cause I mean, I feel I, like this is the digital version of, you know, it's, it's, of like if you spend a couple of years making some really nice piece of furniture in your garage or something, this right. is the, this is the digital equivalent of that. Like, yeah, you could have just bought a piece of furniture Right. It probably would be just as good. It would be sure. like it would be more sturdy. But the point is, that's not what you wanted to do. Like you did something because you enjoyed it and because you wanted to make it. So I think those those comments missed the point. It's like if he enjoyed doing this and that's what he wanted sure. to do, that's really cool that he did it. Because no, I don't think anyone else yeah. ever would have if he didn't. Right? Exactly. Yeah. No, and it is. I guess it's like if you see a really impressive work of art or something, or. And you just go like, fuck, that must have taken that guy like his entire life. And why did he dedicate his life to this? I will never understand. But it's cool. And in this brief moment, I can appreciate it. But then I'm going to forget about it and probably never talk about it again. That's how I feel with a lot of these things. But again, I'm not, I'm not hating. I can appreciate it for what it is. It's just, it makes um, me wish I cared about one thing so much to ever spend sure. that much time it's on a, it. It's admirable. It's admirable. Like Twitch streaming. 
Yeah. Wow. I don't think I'll be impressed. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, going why don't these you take us from videos. Pokemon into uh, yeah. the Blizzard news that you love here, Brad? Oh God, there's three stories. Yeah, take it, take it away. Yeah, this is our Blizzard showdown. Um, but it's it literally, like... by the way, it says Blizzard showdown in the uh, in the actual. <laughs> Get <topic>. excited. <laughs> We get very excited when we can come up with titles for our groups of articles. It's very exciting. But it looks like um, our first first quick hit for Blizzard news is um, some Korean outlet basically from a is noting that from an industry source saying that Blizzard is looking to re-release or update the original StarCraft around May to June this year, calling it StarCraft Remastered. With uh, new graphics as well as uh, updated Battle.net service, um, but then, of course, the gameplay wouldn't be changed. Hmm. Um, it's pretty interesting. That is. That is. Uh, to be clear, that's a rumor. Like they don't. Right. Not confirmed yeah. by Blizzard. It's just apparently they have a source. But I feel like this rumor has come up before, so I think people want to believe it. Uh, I kind of mm-hmm. want to believe it because I mean I think I would definitely play a remastered StarCraft. So I hope it's real. Uh, but like I'm also I'm also a little bit skeptical because it's been a long time and uh I'm not sure what they would do after that. Like after you make StarCraft remastered, that can't be the last thing you do with StarCraft, right? It's just like say, oh, the old game was really good, right? So we'll make a remastered version of it. They would have to do something, I think, with the StarCraft IP afterward. And so I don't know if they would do it before talking mm-hmm. about the next thing for StarCraft. I feel like StarCraft Remaster would be a great way to do a lead-in for, like, also, you know, StarCraft 3 or StarCraft whatever. Like, the next thing they're going to do with StarCraft, I feel like, would be a good tie-in here. Yeah, I, um, it would make sense. It would make sense. I know StarCraft is, is so below. I think they should do it, and I think they should make the community extremely mad, and I think they should change, I think they should fuck, fucking change the whole thing. I think they should make the mechanics different. I don't think it should just be a cosmetic change. I mean, they they should, I want to see the PS Solomon. That game is called StarCraft <laughs> 2. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. But, but yeah, no, but like make an FPS. Uh, oh, dude, that would, I would just love to watch the StarCraft community burn. Not that I have anything against it. I just think it would be super interesting. Well, I think with StarCraft, you know, slowly being on decline uh, for the, I mean, several years now. Sure. I, would, yeah. I could see them either trying to do this as like a way to pivot competition to the original StarCraft. Mm-hmm. Or, and and just basically like put the StarCraft IP up forever and just say like, here, you guys like this one. This is how it is forever. Or you make it like a sort of a marketing push to the new, bigger, better, best version of StarCraft ever. And you try and do it that way. But I'm not sure like with Blizzard and, and the amount of projects they have going on, I'm just not sure if they, if a, a new StarCraft is something that they, that they're thinking about. Gotcha. All right. Moving on, what's the next one? Next up, if you want to Oh man, there's a there's some great segue potential here. If you <laughs> uh if you're running on a computer that can only run the old StarCraft, good news is you would be in good company mm-hmm. playing Overwatch. Yes. 20, uh, that was not a great segue, but I tried. I I saw I what you were doing. We got the. I could. It could use a little bit of polish, but uh, anyway, twenty-two percent of Overwatch players use integrated graphics. 
Wow. And that that oh, is a much wow. higher. If you would have asked me just how many, mm-hmm. what percentage of players in Overwatch use integrated graphics, I would not have guessed anywhere close to one out of five. Um, yeah. But that is apparently that is apparently true. Um, that was from uh, one of the software engineers uh, at a GDC talk, uh, mm-hmm. who talked about the uh, basically they're you know they're supporting a wide range of specs, and um, that's pretty incredible because uh, I I I think we as PC gamers typically ignore the fact like the fact that games even run on integrated graphics uh, because. I... Like, I don't think any of us would ever play PC games on integrated graphics if we could avoid it. Um, but uh, I mean, because we're not like... poor. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't even know if it's a matter of poor. Do you think these are people like that are playing like on the road, like on like okay laptops or something like that? Because you can get even a shitty cheap graphics card that'll just help you know run Overwatch mm. slightly better. Like it's not real. No, I, don't I think, think these probably are thing. a lot of people on, on laptops. Yeah. Because most laptops, laptops most That's laptops right. don't come with a graphics card. Exactly. That would be my guess is that basically this 22% yeah. just means a lot of Overwatch like, players are on laptops. Right. And maybe they have a PC already and they're, this is if they're on the road and playing it and stuff like that. I mean, just, well. I think just anyone, like if you're a yeah. young, if you're a young kid playing on your parents' computer, there's a good chance that even if your parents got like a nice laptop, it probably doesn't have a video card. Um, Yeah, it's true. Or if, you know, if you have like a laptop at college, you know, I could see if you have a, a MacBook or like a, you know, kind of a lower end laptop, like a sub five or $600 laptop, none of those are going to have graphics cards. So I guess it doesn't surprise me, but I'm, I'm surprised at the number of the percentage of players actually playing that like use it. Because I would just think if if I tried to play a first person shooter on integrated graphics, I wouldn't play any more first person shooters after I tried it once. It's just like, oh, yeah, I don't love exactly. playing a slideshow, so I'll just watch <laughs> Netflix or something. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't game to spend my time if I didn't have a rig that could handle those games. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This gotcha. I can't even speak. This comment from chat really got me. Darren McDoggy Day said, my grandma's life support machine runs 1080-60 with integrated graphics. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why that struck me as so funny. <clears throat> okay. Well, but yeah. yeah. Uh, at least now we know what percentage of players play a Torbjorn. Whoa! <laughs> oh, well, that's a, actually that's not that's not too far off. That might be no. part of it. That like you actually do have a couple of classes that can be played without like needing a ton of great aim or high FPS yeah. and Turborn's There's one no of them. Timing. Yeah. Almost no timing, you know. I mean, I'm guessing that probably none of them are sniping, but some of the other, yeah, some of the other characters, some of the other characters, like you could do okay, I guess, on integrated graphics. Yeah, Reinhardt, I guess. Yeah. You just have to position. Yeah. But anyway, I, I thought that was pretty, pretty impressive. And if anything goes to show, just how wide the Overwatch player base really is, because I don't. I would guess that that percentage is a lot higher for Overwatch than it is for most games. Like speaking of mm-hmm. something like For Honor, like I really doubt that For Honor sees twenty plus percent using integrated graphics because they're yeah. selling mostly to like hard hardcore gamer types. Mm. Yeah, I don't think that game can even be playable. On integrated graphics, 
from no, what I've probably seen. Probably not. I mean, that's, like mo- that's the thing is most games I just yes, assume are not playable on integrated graphics. Like any yeah. proper 3D game made in the last few years, I I mean integrated graphics have come a long way, but not that long. Yeah. Um, so generally You're not playing if I'm, Doom. Yeah, <laughs> like generally if I'm if I'm gonna play something on a laptop with integrated graphics. I'm going to 2D games like uh, like FTL mm. or Hotline Miami or games you know, games like that that run flawlessly yeah. because they require right. very little horsepower. Um, but I mean, I guess if if the only gaming machine I had was a you know a laptop with integrated graphics, maybe I'd get <laughs> bored of those games and I'd hit up some Overwatch. Oh, uh, and speaking um, of Overwatch, our last mm. uh, little quick hit here. Oh wait, our last Blizzard showdown quick hit. Uh, let me clarify. Mm-hmm. Is. Uh, is that Blizzard is uh, is testing changes for Lucio? So if you've paid attention mm-hmm. to the Overwatch meta since the game <laughs> has existed, Lucio uh, has pretty much been a must pick in mm-hmm. compet- in the competitive scene since yeah, the I very think, early days. I think since the beginning, basically, uh, it's it's been a lot of the. Uh, are you looking teams. for the word OP? <laughs> Well, his range has been so yeah. far, and like his the healing he's been capable of doing is is so vast that like competitive teams pretty much have to pick a Lucio and then like right. three tanks or something just because of the way the comp is is right now in in the game. But basically, what they're doing is um they're reducing the range, but then I think if I recall correctly, they are also giving him a boost for like his effectiveness. Uh, this is just in the PTR. So it's just temporary. It might not even reach the final game. And then I think they're also adding in a visual aid. So you actually know the radius of like hmm. where your, your teammates are. Cause I actually didn't really, really didn't put into context where, how far I was reaching out, but, um, but yeah, so they're reducing it from, 30 meters to 10 meters, which, I mean, that's a, that's a big cut. That's a decent cut. Wow. Um, yeah, so... Um, it's I think it's 20 meters. So still big, but not... Uh, okay. not well, the article, article here says the area of effect radius has been decreased from 30 to 10 meters. Um, so... Oh, sorry. Um, I was reading his ultimate. Uh, the sound bear ultimate got reduced from 30 meters to 20 meters. So two, yeah. two different nerfs on two of his abilities. Yeah, and I personally, as somebody that plays a lot of Lucio, I like this because this will encourage a lot more people to kind of stay together and maybe stay on point. Um, because right now you have a lot of, uh, I don't know, kind of people doing their own things when, when you need like three people to be pushing the point or, or you know, uh, um, you know, Hanzo, Hanzo off in the distance, you know, spamming, need healing, uh, and like I'm nowhere near. Like it's, it's not my problem. Uh, you know, well, it is part of my problem, but like there's, there's less I can do about it if you're not going to be nearby. So I think it's going to encourage other players to kind of like be more aware of like their surrounding and their teammates. So, and, and it'll also make it, it, that nerf is with how significant it is, like moving it from 30 meters to 10, 10 means that yeah. in order to get that effect, you're going to have to be really clumped up, which will make Lucio frankly way weaker than he is now. Because you will be susceptible to a lot of ultimate combos being that close together. Yeah, so that is it. Kind of changes the the meta of basically rushing and and kind of playing as a whole team a little bit because you could be a little bit spread out. But now it's now it's if you have a Lucio player, you, you kind of have to be kind of piled piled together. Um, but 
I don't know the interesting change there um, as far as uh, Overwatch and Blizzard news goes. Um, you know, so here's some news I bet you were aching to hear about. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say. I was just about to say. Smite I didn't Rivals. even know this existed. So. Yeah, I didn't oh, either. Nice hard Smite, segue. Yeah. Smite Rivals has uh, been suspended. Oh. Uh, what is Smite oh, Rivals? Oh, no. <laughs> what is that, you may ask? And does it have anything I've... to do with the very successful MOBA Smite? Yes. Right? I don't even. Yes, it does. Right? <laughs> well, so Smite had made, or uh, High Res had done like a cup had started development on a couple of spinoff games from the core Smite IP. So they have um, Smite Tactics, which uh, is like a turn-based strategy game, and then they had mm-hmm. Smite Rivals, which was, I guess, like a a card game, sort of a card game with MOBA right. elements or something. I'm not sure exactly, but I just remember that they had they were like working on two new kind of uh, offshoot games that were based on the Smite universe, but not the Smite like gameplay. Uh, but basically, this I just thought this was interesting to note that uh, that Smite Rivals has apparently been shelved, um, and they mm-hmm. say that they're gonna they put it on hold, uh, but pretty much that like it wasn't getting traction. That's the the reading between yeah. the lines. Um, Don't so they're, fear though, because they're moving... going to be focusing on Smite tactics. Yeah, so it oh. sounds like they sort of picked one uh, and picked the one that was doing better. And I guess maybe they'll focus resources that were on rivals mm-hmm. to tactics. Um, but I mean, I guess it's not really that surprising now with High Res having so many different projects going on. Like they're they're trying to manage multiple active games between Smite and Paladins, and then also develop new games. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is the last time uh, we see, you know, a game in development uh, kind of get shelved, uh, especially when, you know, undoubtedly uh, they have plans for the next Tribes game. So at some point, mm-hmm. uh, everything's going to have to move over in favor of development on that title. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and I think that's, that's all there is. You just accept that with a straight face. I just, I mean, <laughs> I just, I think it's funny that you, because I didn't even know it existed, but no, given the context of what you said, yes, I think they're picking the more good, successful good. project. Complete, uh, complete straight face nodding. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess that's yeah. going to happen. That is definitely going to happen. Um, all right. Let's let Katie, uh, Katie, take us through the new releases, my friend. Yeah, so new releases. I wanted to throw this one in here. I cannot believe I forgot this last week. But uh, Nier Automata came out on PC on March 17th last week. Pretty uh, number one on the top sellers, uh, which is pretty uh, pretty good to hear because I was kind of worried, you know, being kind of a relatively niche game. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's doing pretty well. I think it's uh, three on Metacritic right now. I think it might be uh tied with horizon zero dawn i think it's it's either 89 or 90 on there but yeah it's been pretty well well received and it's on pc now uh or uh it's looking like it has some pc issues with uh, a lock at 60 fps and uh some issues with uh 1080p but uh nothing that's really game ruining nothing that definitely be patched but uh yeah it's on pc now uh full price absolutely worth it phenomenal game uh, but for what's coming out this week, Katie, real uh, quick, March... can you uh, can you confirm whether or not the screenshots on their Steam page 
are of actual gameplay or if these are mm. uh, perhaps marketing screenshots that well, don't necessarily I'm, represent what it looks like in game. I'm going through one by one and just the pretty. image of a they are I can confirm these are all in-game screenshots. Really? The okay. one shot? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh 80 hours in I can I can definitely tell. Okay. Uh just the shot of uh the main character like facing the camera. That one I think might be a little touched up, but yeah, everything else looks It is a beautiful game. Okay. I would say. So you can turn off the but, UI uh, and everything? Yeah, you actually uh it's it kind of works into like um let me see the the upgrade system where you equip different like chips that give some of the chips that come by default are actually the HUD itself, and okay. uh, you can just outright take those off. So yeah, you can definitely get rid of the HUD. Okay. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we can get verification cool. on that. <laughs> yes, they're all very faithfully following Steam's uh, policy. Excellent. That's uh, what I like to hear. Absolutely. Yeah, but other than that, uh, coming out this week, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda mm-hmm. uh, is coming out on March 21st. That should be and good. already some, uh, <laughs> some videos. No, I'm, I'm serious. Yeah, so, I, I'm sure it'll. I'm sure it'll play with nice. I don't I mean, know about. I mean, it's already got four and a half stars on oh, the Microsoft it's Store. Be great. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure if you know you've. Uh, there've definitely been some videos floating around of um the quality of this game which is can be a bit worrying but i mean i'm not going to it's really knock it until i try it it's game. really people uh, just picking it apart cuz my my girlfriend i watched my girlfriend play like a good chunk of cuz if you have access to origin early or i forget uh, what it is you can play up to yeah. 10 hours um and like it actually looks really really good and to the point where like i'm okay. I haven't been interested in Mass Effect ever, but the combat system alone is something that's going to probably grab me in. I might actually pick this okay, up. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, the, I'm sure. It, the yeah. animation stuff is just like regular hiccups that happen with with their characters. Like it's just mm, okay. No, not every game. I mean, people are comparing it to Witcher, but even Witcher has had some interesting stuff. Like yeah, for you know, sure. Yeah. Uh, but it's the internet's just being. Uh, the internet <laughs> yeah i know people are being i mean some of those uh there are some pretty telling videos but i i, I completely believe it's gonna be an ama- a, a great game but uh but yeah it's that comes I have, out I have 21st no that it will be a great so. game when the top add-on is uh 57 50 <laughs> mass effect andromeda points for 50 dollars <laughs> uh, so that <laughs> man, make sure and take advantage of that in-game currency offer For sure, oh, I had to say. Absolutely. We'll see. We'll see. I'm. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I've heard mixed things. Some people that have played ten hours that really like the series feel like it's going the wrong direction. But again, it's going to be a long ass game, right? So it's hard to. Yeah. Hard to know. We'll have to see see more of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, but uh, yeah, keep a look out for that. Uh, also, we talked about this earlier in the cast. Uh, March twenty third, uh, player unknowns game. Player unknowns battlegrounds. Yes. Yeah. Or oh. Player Unknowns Battlegrounds. All right. Uh so Player Unknowns Battlegrounds on the twenty third in, in early access. Yeah, in all caps. Uh <laughs> Do you want to try that title by... again, KD? I'm very the sorry. Level, Player level. Unknowns <laughs> Battlegrounds. There you go. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> Clean. Yeah, I apologize. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's being developed by Butthole Inc. I'm sorry, Blue Hole Inc. <laughs> uh, inspired by H1Z1, really original game coming out. You know, uh, please enjoy it. You know, <clears throat> uh, uh, screenshots on their market on their Steam page uh, do appear to be marketing screenshots. So mm, okay, that there, we go. Bit, there we go. There we go. With a grain of salt, they are not uh, following our guidelines. <laughs> Surely we'll be taken off Steam promptly, and yes, we'll you know they will be spanked and <laughs> be required to put actual in-game screenshots. <laughs> <on it. laughs> There's very specific uh, rules for for not following our instructions. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, lastly, uh, this for our for all of our Weeb listeners, uh, this game is coming out. Zero Escape, the Nonary Games, which is collection of the first two games uh i don't know if you remember zero time dilemma came out uh june last year it was a visual novel uh oh it, that's right i remember exactly i even remember what i ate that yeah. day zero time removal came out oh yeah i had an egg salad sandwich uh with a <laughs> with a glass of milk when that gem came you with the you ate, you ate an egg salad sandwich with a glass of milk? <laughs> it was a long time in my life. I didn't know what I was doing. No wonder you remember that meal. It was Damn. really odd. I remember while I was reading the visual novel, I was like, what, why do I have milk with egg salad? <laughs> but it actually worked together pretty well. Anyway. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, well, this uh, this is actually a collection of the first two games that were on the DS that uh, look like they've been polished up for Steam. So if you ever want that on March 24th, which uh, I've heard some good things. So do you no own, the other, do you own the other, the other um, visual uh, No, I don't own it, but um, oh, okay. the, the person, the, the company making it has made like a, this game called Duncan Rampa, which is a really good visual novel. So they, okay. they make some good stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Nothing, uh, nothing else this week. Thank you for joining me. On your releases once again. That was a wild ride. <laughs> I always talk like it's some separate program. <laughs> you do. But now it's... You do. Welcome once again. <laughs> no. All right. Fewer questions. Take it away. All right. We've got one from King Alex uh, on Twitter. And he asks us, what is a good non-awkward way to bring up my impressive vertical leap at a party so that I can show off and make friends i'm reading this as is written he wrote and instead of and but um hmm. so he wants a way to bring up his impressive vertical leap does first in of all i think we in a non-awkward way in a non-awkward way does this if anyone if someone comes up to you first of all we have to establish does having an impressive vertical leap equal uh or i guess he's saying show off oh no he said and make friends so okay yes that that would be a boasty thing but does having a, an impressive he wants to make, make friends, friends by showing off, but he doesn't want to like he doesn't want to bring it up awkwardly. He wants it to he wants it to almost be like accidental. He's like, oh, hold on, guys, I've got this. Like, I think what you do is if you're at a party and like let's say there's a I don't know, let's say that there's like a second story, uh, try and get something stuck on the roof. And then be and then be like, oh man, it sucks that, that thing's on the roof. Not or have one of your friends stage it. Okay. Like I, I assume you have like one friend who you can rely on to be like, oh man, this thing got stuck on the roof. And then you say, no, oh, he, don't he worry, makes... guys, I got this. 
He makes it sound like he has no friends though. Well, and all right, friends. then look, you may have to you may have to get a little bit a little bit creative. I'm just saying, get something stuck on the roof and then say, "Hey guys, don't worry, I got this." And then you jump up and either you jump on the roof and grab it, or if you can't do that, <laughs> then you're going to have to again, the circumstances are going to be important. But like you're going to be able to find a way. Mm. Alternately, okay. uh if you're at a pool party, and they have Ooh. a diving board, Ooh. then oh, uh, like I would hope with your impressive vertical leap that you have practiced and are better at uh, at diving board moves than any of your acquaintances. So, like you, I mean that. There's, I think that answer also, speaks for itself. You could also arrange uh, a party in a way where all of you go to a uh, a sky zone. That'd be a perfect place to demonstrate your. Uh... <laughs> vertical no no no. actually i disagree maybe, with uh, i disagree with that because your impressive mm. vertical leap will not n- look nearly as impressive because everyone feels like they have a large vertical leap at sky oh Zone. that's true that's so true. like your vertical leap might be four feet but if that four feet is now like eight feet but everyone else's is four feet or six feet now you don't look impressive at all hmm, okay yeah stay away well, from guys yeah. Maybe it works off of like a multiplier. If you, it depends on your vertical leap. You're Unless going you can to, go to sky zone you're and like touch the ceiling. ceiling. If you can touch yeah, the ceiling go. at sky That's zone, true. then go for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you need to do at least, you need to do several flips. On also, if you don't have jump. if you don't have any friends yet, how are you getting invited to a party in the first place? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you just you yeah. uh, you make the well, he showed up. Moms. It's just yeah. mom's party or some shit. Oh, okay, yeah. so oh. it's like a, so are we talking like a pampered chef party or something? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. He's walking <laughs> into his mom's pampered chef sales pitch, and yeah, so, trying so put on trying your, to so put on your put on your trunks and say, "Hey, everyone, watch this!" and go out in the backyard <laughs> and do a double backflip <laughs> into the pool. <laughs> Obvious. Oh my god! Dude, I I'm say, speechless. I say let uh, if 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 it really is impressive, have somebody come at you with a car and jump over it, and then Ooh. let natural selection like do its yeah. thing. I mean, mm. if it truly is impressive, <laughs> like congrats, you will get friends. But if if it's okay, not, so then you're going to so be your hit life, by a car. And, bet your yeah. life on your impressive vertical leap. People love stakes. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Mm. Stakes really make people pay attention. Like, yeah, and if you lied about your impressive vertical leap, I think it just shows that you deserve to die. So, I mean, right? Two birds, one stone. I mean, if there's any social event, it's definitely the competitive basketball sport that you can really show off an impressive, impressive vertical leap. Mm-hmm. Just dunk with every shot you make, because it'll come so easily. You just become because that annoying. Is so impressive. You just become this annoying guy that goes around to the party and dunking everyone. Like <laughs> that's what I imagine like... the guy going to Sky Zone showing off his leap is. He's like jumping in front of other people to like show about to show off. He he came by himself. You just carry around an actual like regulation size basketball hoop just so that you can dunk on people whenever you have the opportunity. <laughs> Hey, uh, can you guys set this up for me, please? Just okay. Hold on. All right. All right. Yeah. He just goes for it. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, very interesting question, King Alex. Thank you for that. Uh, we've got. You didn't think those were good suggestions, and I don't even yeah. know why you asked. Let us know how it goes if you use any of those. By the way, um, we've got another Twitter question from B Tier K Two. 
who asked us if you, if you can eliminate one food for life between fried chicken, beef patties, bacon, pancakes, which would it be and why? Um, so he's given us four choices and we have to eliminate one. I'm assuming. So three of these are meat products um, and one is pancakes. Yes, exactly, which <laughs> makes it a little difficult. You know what? I'm... Uh... I'm probably this this may be an unpopular opinion because I know people are fanatical about the food that I'm going to eliminate here. I, I know where you're I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm right think there I'm with eliminating you. bacon. Yeah, bacon just yeah, never really has done. Whoa, whoa, okay, hold on. No, I thought you were going somewhere yeah. else. Holy shit. I thought you were I'm, going pancakes, but... I'm off of it. I thought he was eliminating pancakes too. I was about to go full no meat. No way. Absolutely not. <laughs> Look, I here's the thing. I can there are other things that I enjoy just as much as bacon, like the mm. common substitute sausage. I would I would actually no, prefer there's... Yes, I would prefer sausage generally. You no, know, I'm starting to question your your authority on Denny's and IHOP and whatever Dang. else. What do you mm. think really I get at like... Denny's? Dang. Fucking probably pancakes, you scum. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get I, I typically will choose if they ask would you like sausage or bacon, I choose sausage because sausage is but delicious. This is this is the thing you're 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 talking about bacon just as like a side bacon there's bacon has so many different value propositions Brent. i'm going to use your own term value propositions well, hold, hold on so here's the, go, hold on the, i'm bits. i'm eliminating this because when when i see fried chicken like if we're just saying literally the only thing i can't have is like specific breaded fried chicken then yeah. maybe i'd consider removing that but the other categories are too wide yeah. for me to eliminate without knowing more I know exactly what bacon means, and I like bacon, but beef patties, that's a complete non-starter, right? Beef patties are in I, tons of things. Oh, yeah. You can't get rid of chicken, beef patty. Like, chicken aren't, is in tons of things. If it's, like, just a specific type of fried chicken, maybe, but, like, pancakes, I like yeah. pancakes every now and then. Bacon is not a meal on its own for me. The other things constitute, like, the core of the meal. Exactly. Bacon constitutes no, a, side, a side item. You're disgusting. Exactly. Someone in chat said, you know, bacon has versatility. I mean, but that's like everything else is a foundation. I mean, bacon can complement things. I mean, taste, yep. regardless of taste, I can live without bacon. Like, is all it is. Like, I would never really have bacon Bacon by is itself. an incredible side item. Like, I'm not saying I don't like bacon. I definitely do. But if I have mm -hmm. to eliminate one, these other foods are pretty foundational. Bacon is not. Mm. You're looking at it at a completely different the wrong way so so it, with the and fried chicken mess. is that it's not all chicken it's just literally fried chicken prepared like that is that Look, what we're I saying i don't know all oh, we have is the context true. we've been provided i don't know because i love i like fried chicken but i would be willing because i would also argue because i like pancakes but pancakes without bacon for me they, those go hand in hand the salty the sweet and plus bake i would be willing as much as i like fried chicken I think I would, if it's only fried chicken specifically, I would do fried chicken. I would get rid of it. I would go beef patties, bacon, and pancakes. Because I like pancakes too. Pancakes See, would be hard to give up. Now the question also, is, you know what else complicates complements pancakes? Fried chicken. Hold on. The question is, actually, that one, that's a good point, And that's why I think that, frankly, you can't eliminate fried chicken or pancakes because them together is perhaps the best combination of both. But secondly, if you eliminate fried chicken, are you not also eliminating chicken tenders? It's fried chicken. Uh, ooh, you're right. That's and what I'm saying to you. You, to, you. you are trying to, to like pare down what fried chicken means to a yeah. specific thing, and you're not realizing what, it, what all it encompasses. 
see to me i look at this as like okay what can i replace these things with there's no good replacement for like what like a good fried chicken or beef patties like turkey patties don't taste the same as beef patties there's no good bacon replacement but you know what i could replace pancakes with waffles mm. Mm. I that's think that's, a, that's a fair that's a valid choice but i like pancakes I'm well pancakes, you're man. wrong but yeah i mean that has nothing to do with being wrong look i no, went I out mean, I, but... I went out on a limb to give you my real honest answer to this question i'm not going to be denigrated for my choice Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's an easy. It's a tough. It's a tough one. It's easy for you guys. This is not easy. easy. All those are great, great. Because because I could replace pancakes with different types of waffles or other, I don't know, other things. Crepes. I see what you're. I see what you're arguing there. But I like, guess. you can't. You've had turkey bacon before, and it's not the same thing, you know. And you've had, you know, things constituting beef patties before, and it's not the same thing. And I don't. I don't know. It's just like I've never gone to a breakfast and been like, uh, I don't know. I, just, I mean, it depends. I can be. In the, I like sausage too. I like sausage and bacon together. I mean, I eat both of them. But oh man, this is tough. I don't know. I thought I had an mm-hmm. answer, but I keep. I, I agree that beef patties is a non-starter. That's the only thing I can totally agree. On. And also, now you're making me question bacon, Brandon. I don't know. Yes, yeah, I, I not, do. It's not as I easy as think, you thought it was, is it? But again, but now Brad's saying, though, also that pancakes should be replaced, and he is right. I like pancakes, but you could do waffles. You could do other things. Even toast, to... I mean, could replace pancakes for me. What? Okay. That's... What? All right. No, he lost me now. <laughs> Hold on, dude. All right. No, pancakes. Hold on. Pancakes are so bland. Pancakes are fried chicken. <laughs> no, we're done. Okay. He just, he just put toast in the same category as pancakes. French we're toast. Done. Oh, yeah, what? I like. That's different <laughs> though. Not the same toast. Thing. French toast is dipped in French egg and vanilla and. God damn it. <laughs> pancake. Right. Easy. You cannot just say pancakes are basically toast. That's that's objectively wrong. God damn it! I didn't say they were basically wrong, but like they're on the same level. For you to think that that toast is a replacement for pancakes just shows that you are like you're not a fan of pancakes. That's that's becoming I mean, obvious clearly, over the course yeah. of this question. I've never seen someone this aggressively against pancakes, though, Brad. What did pancakes ever do to you, Brad? I feel like they did something to you one day. I just, I know the. Show me where waffles. the. Show me where the International House of Waffles. Waffles are better. Just kind of I don't know. I was gonna say, I, I think maybe he has an IHOP story we haven't heard. Yeah, we haven't heard it yet. Good lord! All right, all right. We've got one more question. That was wow. B tier K two. I mean, anytime you bring the food questions, you're gonna get the most. You're going to get strong opinions. That was so. a really divisive question. That was yeah. very divisive. Well done. I see All what right. you're saying, though, Brad. Like, there are other breakfast foods besides pancakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are. But. Mm-hmm. But, but pancakes are not toast. Okay, yeah. I'm just saying that pancakes are replaceable with something mm-hmm. else, where, like, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't replace so is, beef. So is you bacon. You can replace no. bacon. No, you can't, You choose though. not to. You can't, though. Mm. Well, there's what? Good, oh, there's no what, good can, what can bacon. Pork, bacon, and pork sausage are both pork. The no, same way that pancakes mm. and waffles are mm. both bread. If you want to get down to like the real, the real core ingredients here, 
Well, bacon kind of has that distinct flavor between. I'm like not bacon talking sauce. about flavor. I'm talking about the ingredients. If you want to talk replacements, bacon, mm. it, bacon, and sausage come from the same place. No, I understand that. Well, you but... don't eat for the ingredient; eat for the taste. That's I, I, look. I understand eating. that, which is why I don't think it's a valid argument to talk about replacements. It solely comes down to personal preference. What is the best thing for your life? Like which elimination? Hurts you the least. <laughs> True. Yeah, phrase it that way. Okay. All right. Well, we aren't going to agree here. We'll have to definitely re- revisit this. This is clearly a very divisive question. B tier. This will have to be our uh, our poll. This will be the new. Next week. Yeah, I was just going to say this might have to be for next week. Um. Okay. All right. This last one uh, comes. From, this last question is from Love Muffin, and this is from an email. And he writes us and says, "What's uh, what up, KD Mad?" I am a new dad with baby number two on the way, and I'm in the middle of building a new PC. I've been sourcing parts as I get the money, and I'm willing to drop a hefty amount, but with the two children, future upgrading may not be financially viable. Therefore, I'm building for the most possible gaming power and as much future-proofing as possible with the intention of moving to 4K eventually. My problem is that... um, my problem is that I would really like to support Ryzen and get those extra cores, but for a pure gaming machine, my money is probably better spent on the higher clocks I can get with a K, uh, KB Lake. Is that short-sighted? Will Ryzen get better with improved driver support down the road? Will games start scaling for more than four cores? Does it think it's another cap? Great question. <laughs> I can answer that one, and the answer is yeah, yes, it definitely does. Um, the rest of this I will defer to Brad and uh, Brandon. And thank you, Love Muffin, for your, for your um, question. Personally, I would wait, if you're on a budget, I would wait for the AMD R5 Ryzen processors that are coming out in the next couple months. You're going to see, I think it's like the 1500X or something like that. Um, you're getting a lot of cores, a lot of threads for like under 200 bucks. I mean, like, and it's, and the frequency is pretty good. Um Future proofing, though, I yeah. do not recall, but uh, we are going to be seeing some new processors this fall from or early next year from Intel, and I don't know if they're going to be the same socket uh, as as what we have with Cavi Lake. So I will say, uh, and that info is online. It's just like off the top of my head, I I honestly don't know. So personally, I would say if you're looking to future proof. AMD is probably going to stick with these sockets and this this platform for a bit. I would probably look at the AMD uh, Ryzen R5 product lineup that's that's releasing in like April. So, yeah, I think uh, we we get this or a question like this every so often that is sort of like, what should I do now versus later? And I think that the answer is I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily blow a ton of money right now. Uh, because I don't think you have to, I wouldn't worry so much about future proofing. And I would mainly say, like, what do you play now? And, uh, and use that to guide your purchasing decision. Because, uh, I would, I would say if you can play, uh, let's say you play games like, I don't know, League of Legends or Dota or other games that don't really stress, uh, high-end hardware, then you can buy a thousand dollar PC today. And if you had a if you had two thousand dollars to spend, you still have a thousand dollars left over. That maybe in a, in a couple years you can sell your used video card and buy a new video card, and that that PC will still be cranking along just fine. 
it is not necessarily a better option to buy the more expensive PC today unless you're going to take advantage of it. So I think it really depends on what you're going to do with your machine, either outside of gaming or just the type of games you play. Um, and if you're going to be playing new top-of-the-line games, um, I think that basically don't, don't look to future-proofing. Like, Don't look to build a system today that is going to play 4K anything at a playable frame rate. Because you, that's that's like not possible with a mainstream machine today. So basically, be realistic with what you can get today for a reasonable amount of money. Um, but I don't think anything that you get today is going to be bad in three or four years. Like yeah. if you're talking about getting a, a you know a new Ryzen processor and getting a you know a good video card like a three hundred dollar plus video card. Those those I mean I'm running a machine myself that I built in 2014 and all I've done is upgrade the video card once. So yeah. that's, and that's from someone who doesn't have children and does, like has disposable income. I could build a new PC if I want to, but I have a 4790K that's been going great for two years. And frankly, like there's not a whole lot of reason for me to upgrade right now. So I think, I think just basically maybe, maybe stash a little bit of cash away for a video card upgrade in a couple of years. But other than that, just base it on what you play. Yeah, so I looked up the processors um, in what's coming out is pretty impressive. So it's for $250, they're the Ryzen 5 1600X is six cores and 12 threads at four gigahertz for 250 bucks compared to like Intel's i5 7600K. Uh, it is about the same price and you only get four cores and four threads. So I mean, like if anything's going to be great for... I think that's that's going to hold you over for 4K gaming because yeah, because we know um, at least some of the technical marketing managers and stuff I've been talking to over at Intel, they've all been saying that they've been working with like studios on uh, utilizing more cores and threads um, in their games. So I think uh, if if you're looking to future proof a little, I think I think the Ryzen platform is going to be decent for you. Um, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. Okay. All right. Well, some good advice. And uh, Love Muffin, I hope you uh, end up making a decision. Let us know how it goes if you want to write back in. Actually, this would be a good follow-up email, like down the road when he does decide what route he's going to go, if he goes Ryzen or Intel or whatever. So let us know. Um, I love how new dad also is like concerned with his PC. Yeah. Yeah. Be. Like you have a second baby on the way, but like let's figure out the piece. <laughs> I appreciate the dedication. It is. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. Well, I was is... about to say sorry to cut you off, but I was like, nice jab there by Brandon for everybody that has a kid. It's like, <laughs> oh no, no, you no. Know, no. But it's like, well, I mean, I do have no kids, and I have a uh, disposable income, so I mean, I could build a fucking time machine if I wanted to. But uh... <laughs> it's like nice jab. I think you know. I don't what need I meant. to. I know what I meant. <laughs> I'm just I'm giving uh, people a baseline that like even me know, who who someone who is typically like building new PCs more frequently than your average person, even I'm on a PC that now is I think right. over two years old. So yeah. like I, I don't think that we're in the up that we're in the the ferocious, like fast and furious upgrade cycles that we used to be in, where I used to feel like if I wasn't replacing my computer every couple of years, I was behind the curve. I don't right. feel like that anymore. So I don't think you have to be as concerned with future proofing. 
except when it comes to video cards. Like video cards are still a place where your video mm -hmm. card today is going to be like the highest tier video card today is going to be mid-range in two or three years. So I would say stash a little bit of cash today to upgrade your video card in, in two or three years, and then you'll be, you'll be good to go. All right. There you go. Uh, this would be the part of the show where we would do the iTunes podcast review of the week. If we had, um, I don't know, people that uh, were actually going out there and um, leaving reviews and you could do that yourself. You could get uh, onto this portion of the show by simply leaving a five-star review on iTunes that is required. But then whatever you put in the body, the title, the uh, account name, whatever you do, that is all up to you. Um, we just want you to review our cast and um, interact with us that way. So hopefully we'll have one for next week. I know some of you have already left reviews. So those of you that have, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the guys that you've just been sitting on your hands. You had a good idea for a review and you haven't done it. Get it in. Okay. Get it in for next week. And you could be the review, next Katie's I mean, if, you, if you've left knows? a review, maybe like your, maybe your siblings or your parents haven't left a review. And like maybe you could give them an yeah, idea. That's a great point. I didn't for even think for the that. kind of review they might like to leave. Because I'm sure, you know, when you're in the yeah, car yeah. with them, like they've listened to the cast with you, of course. So they're they're probably familiar with the cast, but they might not know that they can leave a review as well. So, you know, get get friends and family involved. Exactly. Once, once you make those once you make those new friends after bringing up your impressive vertical leap, the next thing you yeah. can do <laughs> is talk to them about leaving a review on the KV Mod podcast. Perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautifully done, Brandon. Great tie-in. All right. Um, so yeah, I think that's going to do it for episode 270. Thanks for hanging out with us as always. Uh, you can check out K the KB Mod website, which has, like we talked about, uh, the No Man's Sky update analysis um, info. We've got the KB Mod staff's best game ever feature up there. Lots of other things, the multi-stream. Um, check out kbmod.com for that. You can follow KB Mod Gaming on Twitter at KB Mod Gaming. I am at APL Fisher. Katie Zen is at Katie Zen 18. Brad is at Hutchison15. Volition is at V-O-L-1-T-I-O-N on Twitter. You can also type in how, uh, how to ski on YouTube and find uh, a video uh, on his channel uh, teaching you how to ski in Tribes Ascend, in case you didn't know that. Trust me. Uh, Brandon has actually uh, multiple viral videos on his channel, so definitely check that out if you ever definitely, find... Definitely yeah, uh, king of viral videos before uh, viral videos were a thing. Exactly. Yeah, way ahead of the curve on that. So, there is another video in the mm -hmm. dark recess of the internet about um, tongue skiing your meat rocket, but uh, that one's a little harder to find. That one's tough. That one's so, a tough, tough find. But once you find it, my goodness. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> you will know. It. You will know. Yes, loud muffler. And also, yes, loud muffler is obviously another huge, huge <laughs> video category that Brandon has unlocked. So, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. This has been episode 270. I hope you have a good rest of your day, night, wherever you're listening to this. And we'll see you next week. Farewell.